The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The collision of common sense and comedy. Is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The media investigation into the Brett Kavanaugh accusations. The accusations against Brett Kavanaugh continue. Yes, the media is in full force investigating Brett Kavanaugh. And they have uncovered the 1980s. That, that's what they've covered. That's what they've figured out. The 1980s. They've investigated. The media is out there. All a buzz. And have discovered the 1980s. Brett Kavanaugh. This is a headline from um, Yale's newspaper. Brett Kavanaugh's Yale fraternity hosted a flag made of women's underwear in 1985. Yet, it was the 1980s. Another article discussed Georgetown Prep and what it was like. That the environment was all about partying and the kids drinking. It was the 1980s. This is what happened. You may not like it, but it was the culture of the times. And you're all shocked. Shocked, I say. Shocked to find out that partying and drinking went on. This is what life was like. It was the 1980s, and you're going to hold him to a standard that did not was not part of the time? This, this was not a thing. People were not concerned about the things they're concerned about now, that you've got to make sure you ask people what their personal pronouns are, that you've got to be hypersensitive about everybody's feelings, and if not, you could be fired? Really, that's where we're at. That snowballs, little snowflakes in schools have to have therapy pets during exam time because they're so unstable, so unable to handle with life's basic ups and downs. They want to hold Brett Kavanaugh to that standard, today's standard? It didn't exist back then. Yes, there were crimes back then. There was a thing such as assault and sexual assault that were crimes, of course. But it was a different standard of what that what constituted a crime. If true, what happened? If true, if Christine Ford's accusations are true, what happened? A 17-year-old boy pushed the issue of sex with a 15-year-old girl. The assault was of a sexual nature in that he was theoretically hoping for some sort of sexual encounter. But it was really assault because he pushed himself on her. He forced himself on her. He was on top of her, holding her down. Now, you could do that to somebody and not do that for sexual purposes. So it was... 
assault. Okay, not good, if true. But in the 1980s, we also had something wonderful, as awful as many people today would say, well, Doc, those standards were horrible back then. We had something called proof. (laughs) That you had to prove an allegation. Or it didn't happen. It may have happened, but as far as the court was concerned and somebody's guilt of that accusation didn't happen. We believe that you are innocent until proven guilty. But now, no, those standards are different. Life changes. We evolve for better or for worse. It happens. We had a standard in the 1700s that black people could be sold into slavery. Asians as well. Non-white people in this country could be sold into slavery. We had slaves, and it was the standard of the time. Some of our most noteworthy and respected thinkers of the time owned slaves. That by most other accounts, or even all other accounts, were amazing people. Pious, God-fearing, learned, educated, smart people who in their writings, desires, cared most about freedom and personal freedoms and saying, how can we make sure people are free? Ironic, weird. Some people look back and say it's outrageous. They were hypocrites. By today's standards, yes. By those standards, no, they were not. So we said when it comes to things like John McCain, let's call him as we see him. John McCain did some good. John McCain did a lot of bad. The Founding Fathers did some good, did some bad. Some of those can be be excused away based on standards for the time. You don't have to like them. You can argue that, no, they morally knew it was still wrong. No, not to the standard or to the level you do. I've had this discussion with friends of mine that are my minorities over the years that saying, you can't tell me that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington didn't know that was wrong. They may have. Maybe they had that little voice of God that side that says, hey, it's wrong to enslave people. But it was a different standard for the time, so it's not going to be as loud, as pronounced, as known or understood as it would be today. Period. It's different. So that's not to excuse away any bad or illegal behavior. It's to say you're trying to to hold somebody to a standard that didn't exist. How, How would you ever punish somebody for something that really was not a crime? Remember, we have crimes now. We had crimes back then. But as we have discussed many times over the last couple of months... Most things are tried in the court of public opinion. Everything that happens with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings are not a criminal prosecution. Whether or not Christine Ford testifies, not a criminal prosecution. No matter what they discover, there's no criminal prosecution and there will be none. It won't happen. Everything that's happening, although in an official setting and a hearing in Washington, D.C., has nothing to do with crime or the criminal justice system it has to do with public opinion the hearings are partially public i mean for the purpose of the public to see when i say someone is nominated the supreme court remember the senate's 
The Senate's responsibility throughout that process are to advise and consent the president. It is the president's duty and privilege to nominate somebody to the Supreme Court. It's part of our checks and balances. And the, the Senate, their responsibilities are to advise and consent. Yes, they have the, the ability to vote no, and the person won't get con- confirmed. They can block a nominee. That's been established. But really their job is to advise and consent. And what should happen is that unless the person is an obvious, overt, serious problem, then they should confirm a president's nominee. I don't say that because Donald Trump is a Republican or Brett Kavanaugh is more conservative than Justice Paul Blart or Sotomayor. I don't say he. it should be pretty standard that they get they get confirmed simply because I may be more ideologically aligned with him than I am with others. No, I've said that all along, consistently, for decades. I said it when it came to Sotomayor and Kagan. As much as I may not like them, I don't like their ideas, philosophies, and I think they're bad for America. It was Obama's duty, responsibility, and privilege to nominate them. And I believe the Senate should have advised him at the time and then consented unless they were an obvious, serious threat to America's safety and security. And you can argue that, yes, progressives are a serious threat. And I believe philosophically they are. But they're not terrorists. And that's what I mean by serious, overt, and obvious threat or problem. He should be confirmed. Has he been siding with ISIS? Guess what? Confirm the guy. If not, you're allowing the other part of this process to take precedent. The part of the process says that because we are Americans and we have a constitution that sets up our government as a representative republic where the people have to make good decisions, they have to vote with good information for people who will run America. Representatives in the House, senators in the Senate, a president. That we have to make good decisions. It's garbage in and garbage out. That without transparency and information, we can't make good decisions. That's the reason there's supposed to be Senate hearings in public. So we, the people, can see what's going on and make good decisions. But unfortunately, over the decades, the Senate hearings or House hearings and other situations have become a media circus for the purpose of those senators and congressmen to get their mugs on TV for the purposes of re-election. They make sure that they are well represented on camera during those hearings so that moving forward, it'll be a little easier for them to return to their states or home districts and say, look at me, I was on TV up there doing the people's work. When really, when the cameras pull back and you look in those hearings, often the senators and congressmen aren't even there. They don't show up until they get their 15 minutes or half hour or whatever to question the witness, make a statement, look like they're doing something. Most of the time, they're not there. Whenever they do the wide shots on CNN, uh, C-SPAN or even CNN or any of those, where you see the entire room at some of these hearings, look around. You'll see all of the empty seats around the table. Yes, those are filled at other times with senators and congressmen. That when it's the senator from Maryland or the congressman from the 4th District of Virginia, when it's their turn to speak, to question the witness, then they make sure they, they're in the room. 
You'll notice their little posses behind them. They're yes men. They're staffers behind them. Make sure, yes, look behind, look, uh, sit behind them and look serious. Like they're doing something. That's not why the process is there. The process so we make good decisions. And if you really cared about those hearings or questioning the witness, you'd stick around to listen to what happened when they answer other questions. But they don't. Of course, if I question them, they say, well, we have staffers that do that. And I'm called out on other business. I'm an important person, you know. But don't worry. We make sure to go over all of the transcripts. and They don't. They don't do it at all. For them, the questioning process of a Supreme Court nominee, in this case, Brett Kavanaugh, or when it's other testimony of other witnesses that have to do with other issues that come before Congress, they're not listening at all. They don't care what the witness says, except for the fact that they can at time use those words against them or to support whatever cause they're arguing. If the Democrats like somebody that's testifying, then the Democrat senators and congressmen sit there and go, so tell me how wonderful you are and how wonderful this idea is. That's essentially their position. And the Republicans in that case being opposed to the witness or ideas will go, you said in 1982 that this wasn't a problem, but here it is today. And you say it is a problem. How do you answer that? And it's gotcha questions and it's designed to make them look bad. And you get the next Democrat up and they try to make the person look good. And you get the next Republican, they try to make them bad. And vice versa when it comes to something Republicans support and something the Democrats do not. This is the game. It's outrageous and it shouldn't happen. And this is the bigger issue right now with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. It's shining a spotlight on our broken government and our broken society. The broken government is one where congressmen and senators wield far too much power as incumbents because it's more and more difficult to get them out of office because they have the ability to sit in front of those cameras. It's name recognition. We know how social media works. We know how publicity works. We get that. We all know that. Even the stupidest, the least among us in society understand publicity because they all have social media accounts and they're trying for those little likes and follows because it makes them feel good. They get that. They know there's power in fame. So that's a huge problem. And we correct that with term limits. A constitutional amendment on term limits. Term limits that say a number of days or years in office, specific office like Senate, House, and maybe term limits in total, the amount of public service a person can take part in. And by public service, I mean the public service that they claim, meaning sitting on Capitol Hill in judgment of others while making almost $200,000 a year and setting themselves up for a future where they will sit on boards and committees and can insider trade, where they will walk away from the Senate or the House after serving only a handful of years as multi-multi-millionaires, even though they came in poor. And this sets up another flaw, this court of public opinion that we live in, where without proof, allegations can ruin lives, can take down companies, can injure people, The same people who've set up this flawed system are the ones that tell us day in and day out how much we must love people and care people. It's crap. It's BS. It's not real. They don't mean it. They mean we should love and care for certain people, certain people that they want to love and care for, certain people that fit their agenda, certain people when they they love and care for them, it makes them feel good, but they're not loving or caring for people that they're ideologically opposed to. 
This is what we should really be paying attention to right now. This should be the focus. This is the takeaway that the Me Too movement is flawed by conception. That the social media society we live in needs to be rethought. And all of us need to take a step back and start reevaluating what's important in this country. Even those people that tell us that they already know better than we what's important. And also we need term limits. Aren't you tired of the pomp and circumstance? Aren't you tired of this game? We know what happens. An allegation is made and everybody gets into a tizzy and they call people before Congress. And we're going to boycott this and boycott that. And nothing changes. Even you people that are out there on the left saying, we've got to change this because women kept down and injured over these years. You're not changing anything. As far as helping women go, if you believe that they really have been second-class citizens, you're not changing that. You're hurting the entire system. In fact, for some of us, you're working against it. I am so tired of these allegations about people, the claims of people being injured because of race and gender and all of this, that it makes me run the other way. It makes me actually shut down as soon as I see it. An allegation by somebody, oh, I roll my eyes and I click the next, the next story. Oh, here's a, who's claiming injury now? These are the takeaways. As far as the media is concerned, maybe you dig a little deeper. Maybe you look a little brighter, uh, broader and see what's really a problem. And st- stop trying to condemn Brett Kavanaugh because you suddenly found the 1980s. Back in a moment with more on The Morning Blaze. The Morning Blaze. We're kind of like the real news, except honest and factual. Huh, what a concept. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. In the 1950s, if someone was gay, they were happy. And if you were online, that meant you were hanging on a a line, a physical clothesline or something. Yeah, context matters. Things change. Jason tweeting, uh, Jason Lott, wait, you mean history and standards have context? Who knew? Right. They want to pretend that doesn't that, that that that's not a thing. The same people who want to tell you that uh, there are 182 genders, and that's real, want to tell you that standards have context. History has context. Yeah. Uh, Constitutional Drunk says, sounds like Kavanaugh was drunk, fell towards her, apologized, then rejected her, and she got pissed. You know what? I'm not saying Brett Kavanaugh didn't do this. I think there probably is some meat there. If we actually knew... I believe Brett Kavanaugh probably pushed the issue. Man, I don't, in my mind, when this all came out and I heard the, the rough explanation or allegation, I wasn't thinking he was like, all right, I'm going to rape this woman, throws her down and attacks her. And ju-. That wasn't my mind. A lot of us still, even today's standards, even though we pretend it doesn't happen, you're involved in some sort of romantic interlude 
and you encourage the other person who may have some reservations. Not that they don't want to. I mean, it is true. Some people will stop the proceedings from going any farther because they are uncomfortable with the idea that somebody may view them as easy or sleazy or a slut or whatever. We know this. Sometimes they may need just warmed up a bit more. It's true. Or sometimes they may not be into it at all. It's almost as if you say, hey, um, you want to go to a movie? No, not really. Are you sure? Because I really need someone to go to the movie with me and whatever. All right, I'll go with you. We ask multiple times. Kids ask their parents and over the other. Can I get it? No. Can I get it? No. Can I? No. My son, Cubby, he asks when I say yes. I want a smoothie. Okay, we'll get you a smoothie. I want a smoothie, Eppa. I just said I'd get you a smoothie. Eppa, I want a smoothie. I just said I'm getting... We're driving there. What do you want me to conjure it up out of thin air? I'm not a warlock. This is how it is. That's what I imagine. I believe, personally, again, with no proof, that likely, if they were in the same room... And there was some sort of incident between them that breath was like, ah, come on, come on, you'll, you know, just a little bit. You'll like it, you know, a little bit of that. That's what I believed happened. All right. So the uh, Yale newspaper writes in detail about an incident that happened on campus in 1985. And it says, uh, in August, uh, in an August 30 letter to leaders of the Senate Judiciary Committee, female colleague classmates of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh testified to the judge's respect for women, praising his character and his support for female athletics at Yale. Okay. Next line. But in his first year of college. Dun, dun, dun. So what do you think's coming next? Right? I mean, they just said... They all praised him, but in his first year of college. Okay, they got something. Kavanaugh joined an organization notorious for disrespecting women. Okay, here it is. The campus chapter of Delta Kappa Epsilon. He he joined a fraternity. DKE, Delta Kappa Epsilon. Okay, uh, lots of fraternities. I'd be willing to bet some chapter of every fraternity, at least one chapter of every fraternity somewhere in the world could be accused of disrespecting women. And I would be willing to bet that every sorority out there, at least one chapter somewhere, uh, has had an incident where they did something equally as unpalatable, something stereotypical of women that was also uh, unpalatable illegal, immoral, I'd be willing to bet those things happen. Sororities for just uh, hazing alone, you'd say probably a lot of horrible things. But this letter or this uh, article goes on to discuss his time at Delta Kappa Epsilon. They even offered a photograph. January 18th, 1985. It shows Kavanaugh's fraternity brothers waving a flag woven of women's underwear 
as part of a procession of DKE inmates marching across Yale's campus. Yeah, proof in 1985 that Brett Kavanaugh's fraternity disrespected women because they had a flag made of women's undergarments. It goes on to say that Brett Kavanaugh was not a part of this, but his fraternity was. Uh Uh-huh. So they found 1985 movies? Culture of 1985. Because this is something that I'm sure was represented in multiple movies from the era. And you're criticizing, even though Brett Kavanaugh wasn't there or a part of it, you're criticizing other people in 1985 for doing stereotypical male college fraternity things in 1985. Okay, that seems quite reasonable. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Tight. Right, uh, let's get a couple more tweets in with the hashtag. What I learned today. James the Jackhole tweeting. I thought at Doc Thompson show might have been happy this morning, cheering for his hometown teams with a win instead. Hashtag. So many words. SMW. Yeah, lots of words today. Lots of words coming. Yeah. Uh, so the Browns won last night. They're uh, they're uh, they're still a thing. They are still a thing. They still exist. I mean, it's still a team. Yeah. This isn't like... Surprisingly. I mean, this is an official NFL-sanctioned team. I mean, it's one of the... (laughs) Yeah. This isn't like, uh, okay, they... Because I remember when they left Cleveland, they came back as far as in spirit or in theory. Yeah, well, they had that parade where they celebrated their O and whatever season last year. Yeah, I thought this was like remembering the the past or something. (laughs) No, they actually Old won last teams. night. Wow. Okay. That's uh, well. Good for uh, good for the city. Yep. So uh, this proves. I mean, they are they're contenders now, right? Yeah. They they made it in that you you actually can win a game. You can You're win on a the game. Road to recovery. After. Now, when you could put that together during the regular season and uh, win like seven, eight, nine more in addition to that one. Um, then you you are dangerously close to actually being able to make the playoffs. <laughs> you're right there. Yeah, you're close. And then you uh, put together a few more wins, and uh, you could actually be could a contender be a to Bowl. to win in the postseason. Yeah, <laughs> dude. After th- 635 days. Yeah, I, the NFL is, is like is most crazy. sports is just dead to me now. Um, I don't I don't follow much. I see things. I I wish the city well, and I hope it does well. It's. I mean, I'm a homer for that stuff. Home, you know, where you grow up, your the area usually matters a little to you. And I, yeah, yeah, I get for those people outside the region, it's a, it's a cult. I explain things. It's, it really is. It's a cult. You can't understand it until you're there. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um. But I have a passion for the area. And I love it. It's you know, it's home. <laughs> yeah. And from that, I mean, by outward looking in, you'd go, why? Why do you have a passion a for it? Why? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a thing. Parts of the world, people eat blood sausage, you know? Yeah. It's a thing. There's uh there's something that I saw, um, Bud Light. Oh, the coolers, right? Yep. <clears throat> they got to crack open those coolers. 
I saw some uh, video footage that they opened them up. So Bud Light, hell of a promotion. They put coolers all around town with (laughs) With a a chain. Chain and lock. (laughs) Filled with beer. And they said, we'll open it up when you win. Really clever. Good for you. When Cleveland wins, everyone wins or something like that. Yeah. So all all I see on Twitter is just... But light, open up those fridges. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. We're because it's fun, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a fun thing. Cool. It's really funny. Um, well, good for for good for Cleveland. That um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't following. You said you you're you have a fantasy league team. Yeah, I'm playing fantasy. I got a wide receiver on the Browns. Okay. And uh, yeah, dude, they were losing pretty bad because he had zero points. I think in the first quarter, quarter and a half. Yeah. And I was like, man, well, there goes that player. And then I wake up this morning and I see Twitter. It's just like, Browns won. They've won their first game. Whoa, what is this? World's going to end. And I'm wow. like, wait, what? And I look, he got me 20, 23 points or something. So I'm it's been, it's, it's so that. funny. I think back. So the Browns left in, um, I think what year they 99. left. 99. No, that's the year they oh. came back. Nah, you're right. So this would have been 93-ish, 94-ish. Wait, they weren't a team. Uh Right through there. Yeah, they, they left. So Browns are a team all growing up. They date back to pre-NFL the NFL even, mm-hmm. um, to the American Football Conference, where there were two, you know, a- a- AFC and NFC were separate leagues. Yeah. And then they combined them. So, yeah, they date back there. And they won their last championship in 64, I think it was. So then all growing up, when I was a kid in the late 70s, they had a real successful run. Brian Sipe and the Cardiac Kids, and they were doing real well. Um Real close to going to the Super Bowl, Red Right 88, <laughs> keeping them out. Yeah. Browns have an entire history of fails that have like little the kick, the fumble, the drive, Red Right 88. I mean, all of yeah. these. Um, but they, um, so then in the 80s, I mean, they made a real, I mean, they made it to the championship game several times, knocked out by debt, real close to making it. And then Art Modell moved the team to Baltimore. So they did that in the okay. 90s. So the last contender, I mean, real con- year that they were a contender would have been early 90s. And uh, after that, even though they think they made the Super Bowl or made the playoffs one time a few years back, they were not a contender. Uh, Wasn't that? Yeah, no. They like squeaked in at an eight and eight record or something <laughs> like that. Um, so it's been twenty uh, some years since they've been a contender. Dang. Yeah, and the conspiracy theorist in me says the NFL's punishing them. <laughs> Why? Why would they? Because they sued the the city sued the NFL. Uh, so for moving the team. Yeah, the uh, Art Modell had a, a contract for whatever number of years, hundred years or whatever, to mm-hmm. keep a team in Cleveland, and he needed cash. And instead of selling it, you know, he wouldn't sell the team. So he moved to Baltimore, and they gave him a an amazing deal. Oh, so okay. he moved, and the city's like, "Hold on, there, sport, you got a contract here." <laughs> And it got ugly. And then all of a sudden, the people of Cleveland who had been adamant about not building a stadium, stadium, oh, build a stadium, sure. And they built a stadium overnight, and it was ugly. And I'm just thinking the NFL was like, sure, we'll, we'll give you a team within five years. And they did, but you're never going to win. Part of me. <laughs> never going to win. Part of me. Come on. They, the, the Texans became a contender as an expansion team in six seven years at most yeah the jaguars and panthers both went to the playoffs sooner than the come on man come on come yeah. on so that's the conspiracy theorist in me well good for the browns um browns did it finally yes i hope the. i wish there was a way that uh, the, the team could do really really well and the nfl f- completely shut down and go bankrupt i wish those things could <laughs> happen at the same time nothing but the cleveland browns left winning yeah. every title every year that. yeah exactly the no yeah um 
uh, Zelda just said maybe the, the Browns are the only one left they could win every year. Were you on Mike or were you just in me? In my no, I was, on, I was on Mike. Okay. No, it's hard for me to distinguish. Uh, um, yeah, if they could, even if the Browns were the only team left, I don't think they could win every year. I don't think that's a, that's a thing. The only thing good for the uh, the Browns fan is that Pittsburgh actually fallen on hard times now, so that's good. Well, that's dude, good. I mean, good week one they tied it, so yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. Excuse me, I'm a Steelers fan. Okay, this needs to be asked on all uh, <laughs> interviews. <laughs> when... Wow. Now, how did you become a Steelers fan? Because um, they were I was a successful no, growing up? No, eh, kind of. I was a Cowboys fan. They had a fan. good run when you were growing up. When they had, no, I was a Cowboys fan whenever I was like, when Aikman was still on the team. No, I mean the Pittsburgh did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but then after Aikman left Cowboys, I was trying to find another team. And then that's when they played Cardinals, I think, for the yeah. Super Bowl. And I was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. What a pain you, I'm Doc Thompson, to say I'm also a Steelers fan. <laughs> Wow, what is going on? You guys aren't from Pittsburgh. Is he, uh, did he say he's I'm, in yes, Pittsburgh? Yes, I would, I would ask that question if we were in a different part of the country. You Pittsburgh fan. Wow. I was waiting for Rob to bust in here and say the same thing as well. <clears throat> wow, that was uh, growing up, that was the only thing uh, better or as equal as a Browns win is a Steelers loss. I mean, it Steelers was. Uh, loss. Yeah, for me, though, it was like, yeah, it's not even a. Any, it's not competitive anymore. It's not a rivalry when the Browns have lost damn near every game and Pittsburgh was, you know, just really successful, butt. just killed everybody. <laughs> For me, I hate the Ravens more because uh, yeah. they end up going to. I don't like the Ravens at Browns all. Browns went there, you know. And oh, and by the way, as soon as the team moves within a couple of years, they win the Super Bowl. Come on, man. Come on. It Tell was me it's NFL. Not a conspiracy. It, your conspiracy is looking more and more. I mean,. Would it shock anybody to find out that professional no. sports were actually rigged? No, it wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, you know, if you look at WWE, right, mm-hmm. you get the rivalries. They com- you know, they like the rivalries because it, it sells tickets, it's right? It's fun, Keeps yeah. You, it, yeah, it's fun. And the fans, I think, for the most part, accept it and get into it for that reason. Yeah. So knowing that these uh, games were swayed certain ways... Why wouldn't you? You know, I mean, you want certain teams to do better because it's going to be better for ratings. You want, you know, competitors. It sets up these great backstories, you know. It's the same reason when um, we had interleague play, for example, in baseball, that they strategically picked certain teams that would play regularly. You know, you don't play every um, every other leagues uh, during interleague play every yeah. year. <clears throat> it rotates, you know. But there are certain teams you do, like the um, Indians play the Reds every year because they're mm-hmm. both Ohio. So you got a little natural rivalry between Cincinnati and Cleveland. You know, yeah. they know that stuff works. So how would you rig it? You don't have to go full like everybody's in on it. You just have to have a couple of refs, right? You yeah. pull a couple of strings. You, <laughs> right? I mean, doesn't that explain some outrageous calls from refs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, some calls you're like, guys, come on. Seriously, when everybody knows it's bogus and the refs dig their heels in, even when they do their little huddles, you're yeah. like, what do you call the, what is that? And they go, they go over to the little peep show and look at yeah. them, right? And you're like, come on, everybody knows. Nope. Sorry, play stands is called in the field. <laughs> then you get the outrageous yeah. calls that things that are never enforced. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, it just makes the game more fun. It does. I'm like, fine with it being rigged. It, or sees, whatever, it, yeah. sees, it, it makes the game horrible seeing the same team win every year and every game and just destroying everybody. It's like, that is not fun. Right. I mean, Patriots, right? I mean, yeah, geez. Exactly. That was 
definitely rigged. Right. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I read, like, I didn't hate the Patriots. I just got tired of him being there. But I really hate Bill Belichick. Really hate Bill Belichick. Such a, a tool. Do. Such a tool. A lot of people do, you, do. Do you think you would like Bill Belichick if you hung out with him? If if Bill um, was like your neighbor or something, t- trust me, you would. <laughs> if Bill Belichick, if I didn't know him, if he had never been a Browns coach that I had issues with in the Kosar eras, that's a whole separate thing. But if I didn't know that and he was just a neighbor of mine, I it would be within a year or two of him moving in before I was beating the snot out of him in the street one day. <laughs> Man, I'm serious. I, I I would be out there just on top of him, just punching right down <laughs> into his face. I'm, I know it. Look at him. So you're deflating the balls. He's huh? so okay. he's such an arrogant a hole. We all know this, right? <laughs> and feel- look at him for what? Look at this guy. This guy's a toad, right? <laughs> is Bill did Bill Belichick? Is he solving world hunger? <laughs> is he a great mathematician or whatever? No. no, he's he's a really good coach, right? Yeah, of something that's just a pastime. And he's physically, is he an Adonis? No, the guy's a toad with an attitude. Who are you? He's a toad with an attitude. What were you saying, Zelda? I was going to say, if, if he's your neighbor, he seems like the guy who'd come over and complain when your lawn wasn't getting mowed enough or something like that. I think that. it'd be just the opposite. I think he'd be the guy that caused trouble the whole time. And then was looking at it like, what are you going to do? I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I can right? see that. Yeah. I can see that too. In fact, holy moly, I just realized I had a neighbor like that. Oh my gosh, and his name was Bill. Dinkelberg. I can't say his last name <laughs> in the year, but he was also Oh my gosh, were they alike? <laughs> and I got into a lot of arguments with this guy. My parents had a neighbor that was a real problem. And I mean a real problem. And I was uh between jobs in my career. This is fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I said, Listen, I'm moving back to the area and uh they needed a bunch of help. They had retired, needed some property sold and a bunch of stuff fixed. I said, listen, uh, I mean, it's going to be a couple months before I get a job. How about I move back in? Um, I'll take care of a bunch of stuff for you. I paid rent and everything still, but I got a chance to help them out and I didn't have to worry about stuff. Their neighbor had been a problem. I mean, like a real problem causing my dad all kinds of grief, threatening him, you know, all kinds of stuff for a few years. This has been going on about, I don't know, about eight years. I moved in for two months. They moved. <laughs> Man, because I was like, "Yeah, this stuff's stopping now. This, BS this is this gonna... is it's not going to fly anymore." Yeah. He literally moved. They they rented their nice. place and got a different place. Nice. My dad was like, "Holy crud! <laughs> this guy has caused us. You moved in That's for it. two months." And I said, That's all we had to "Sorry, do? <laughs> I'm gonna call him out. <laughs> you just had to the, come back home for a little play bit. those <laughs> games. That's it, right? Yeah, I was that was a problem for him. Somebody reminded me of Belichick. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. really amazing. I can just uh, picture you just. Sitting outside with a coffee. I don't as know. He's he, walking down the oh, driveway. That, no, that's exactly it. That's it. He, <laughs> dude, he hated all. He hated people like uh, looking over or anything. Like, yet he was an arrogant ass. I mean, just scream stuff or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, "How you doing there, buddy? Morning, <laughs> top of the morning to you there. How you doing there, sport? Listen, I noticed your lawn's looking a little bit long. You might want to trim that down. <laughs> According to city code, section 185, subsection D in paragraph three, you'll notice it must be, see, that's, um, that's going to be bad for, I mean, I don't want you to have trouble with the city. Just saying. <laughs> that's so funny. F you. Yeah. Wow. 
You know, really, what happened to neighbors? You know, getting along and trying to help each other out. Oh, dude, serious. Two months later, he's out. Oh, they were serious. It was like it was actually almost how uh, the Colts moved out of Baltimore. <laughs> it was a Mayfield truck, a Mayflower truck, moved up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, gone. just left without anyone. Load knowing. it up, get it out, go grab what you can carry and get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Bad insult to injury because I was. I mean, I was over the top. I was. I was an ass at the end. When he, again, he was like super paranoid, mm-hmm. so I just played in the paranoia, and I knew that they were moving to let's say uh, Smithburg Road, right? They got a different house, and it was uh, it's like day before he was moving, and they not told anybody they were moving, whatever. But I have friends of friends who knew that he was moving out there, and I was like, "So you got that house all on Smithburg Road, huh?" <laughs> oh my gosh, infuriating. this guy's got eyes yeah. everywhere. Yeah, seriously. So it was a lot of good done that summer. I feel good about that. Nice. Uh, other tweets. Uh, Lori D saying, uh, no, at Doc Thompson Show, you're not a warlock. We all know what you are. Oh, uh, you're Tinkerbell. And then had a little uh, little gif there. A little of, fairy. Of, uh, did she mean Tinkerbell or fairy? Um, I think I'm going to go with Tinkerbell. I'm going with Tinkerbell, too, because we know she cannot use fairy now. Why can't she use fairy? Hello, as we say, context matters, because, you know, fairy back in the day, I could say, hey, come on over here. Fairy, right? You mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit sugar there. You're a little sweet. You're a homotype sexual. <laughs> oh, homotype. Right. That's what you say, but you can't say fairy now. So yeah, she was probably referring Tinkerbell. to Tinkerbell for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Front pole sleeve tweeting. Um, a big congratulations to at Chris Cruz on getting married again. Yeah, Chris is uh, heading out for his. Wedding weekend. Is he back Monday? That's right. Oh, uh, no, that's right. He's off first. next week. Uh, Jeffy will be with us next week. Chris is out today. Jeffy's out today. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he'll be back. So he'll be gone just it's all next week and then he'll be back the following. The beginning of the month next okay. week, yeah. So yeah, I'm month. going to the wedding. Uh, I'm supposed to go to the wedding tomorrow. We'll see how that all works out. Yeah. Are you going to the wedding? No. Did you get an I invite? Bad. I did. I did. But uh, a friend of mine from college is getting married. And uh, I RSVP'd to that one before I RSVP. He told me he wasn't going to invite me. Next thing I know, I get wow. an invitation, and I'm like, oh, now I feel really bad. Yeah, because he didn't want you to go. Don't feel bad. <laughs> oh, he gave you the okay. invite after, you, that's could, fine. after he that's knew you fun. were going to the other one? Yeah, you weren't going to bail on the buddy? About that. Come on. Dude, that's Chris. You don't think he was playing a chess <laughs> match? He's like, if I could keep down the number of people, then it's cheaper for me. <clears throat> you know what he's doing, of You're course. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I was supposed to, uh, the wife's supposed to come down and we were going to head down, because he's getting married in Houston area, I think, mm. somewhere around there. So we were supposed to uh, head on out together. And then for about three, four hours last night, uh, she had to take my son to the hospital. He was so sick, uh, high, high fever, one of those like true emergency rooms. The ones. little one? Yeah. No, no, uh, the four-year-old coming. Um. So yeah, so that's... Uh, Thought, they thought they were going to have to admit him because he can't keep any fluids down. It's looking pretty bad, but we sent him home. They got him kind of stabilized at this point, but yeah, she's not going to end up. She's not going to be able to come over here? Nope, because I'm not so sure they're not going to admit him today because he still can't keep water down. So yeah. it's going to be pretty rough. And then if it gets any worse, then I'm going to have to bail as well. But at this yeah. point, the plan has evolved to me going to the wedding and her not. Covey was supposed to be in the wedding too. So uh, I will be disappointed because I really want to be able to report. If I do not, if I do not get to see what happens in person at a Chris Cruz wedding, oh man, have I you seen? Just imagine have you seen the go down. vague description of uh, dress code? 
Uh, no, but um, Jeffy's son was in here and was like, hey, what do you want me to wear? And Chris was like, whatever. 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 You can wear whatever. He's like, you're not in, in the wedding. You're invited, but you're not in it. So you can wear whatever. I'm like, what? I mean, can you give a... Uh, button-down shirt, See, the slacks. way he says it, like, whatever, still makes me feel like everybody is going to feel like they're out of place. See, if, yeah. you say, if you say it's casual, great. Then I know, and everybody's going to be in the casual realm. Yeah. But to say whatever, in my mind, I go, oh, he probably means <laughs> that it's more casual, but I still will put on, you know, a jacket. Yeah. You know, even if it's just dress jeans and a jacket, I'll still do that. Well, then I go, and you got people in flip-flops and shorts and a, <laughs> and a holy t-shirt, then I'm like... Well, I feel like an idiot. That's the first thing that I, came to mind. Right. That's what he, he said, said whatever. Because he said his son's going to be in sandals or something. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all he did is did is manage to make everybody feel uncomfortable. That's such what a, he did. Whatever. You say bean. casual. Whatever is not. Yeah, by Dress code. Whatever. On the, <laughs> on the invitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, you're invited cordially, Chris Cruz, wedding, blah, 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 location, wherever. <laughs> eh. Time, eh. <laughs> dress code, whatever you feel like. Who cares? I'm Just a come. little more descriptive. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be upset if I don't get an opportunity to go. Well, if you want to wish Chris Cruz well, you could do so uh, to at Real Chris Cruz. And then if I attend, there will be some Facebook Lives um, I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Make sure to follow me if you don't already at Doc Thompson show. I'll uh, try to periscope some for people on Twitter as well. And again, at Doc Thompson show. And uh, I'll put a bunch of that up and you should at the other wedding, make sure to to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. You should get You're driving the golf carts, right? Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. You should get the, uh, the little thing that connects your phone oh. to like the stand and oh, just like interview yeah. people on the way to their cars or to the, reception. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Yeah. Do I have to put up one of those little warning signs? You may be filmed. I think so. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. But this will be good. This will be good. How drunk does Chris get? We should take bets on something. Let me think about this. Let me get a break in and we'll come back in a minute with more on the Morning Blaze. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Trying to think what kind of predictions. All right, yeah, got to use some sort of hashtag today and offer up uh, maybe hashtag Chris Cruz wedding prediction. Yeah, let's try that one. Chris Cruz wedding prediction. uh, uh, Prediction. Uh, Let's do predictions. Let's do plural. So uh, Chris is K-R-I-S. Cruz, C-R-U-Z, wedding predictions. And uh, just, you know, if you have any... And if you're spot on, if you nail something that isn't obvious, like he will actually get married, he will wear a black tux, whatever. But something, you know, less obvious and you're spot on, yeah, we, we may have a prize for you next week. And we'll go through them and we'll recap that Monday as well. So, hashtag Chris Cruz wedding predictions. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's front pole sleep setting. I dare you to stack rocks at Chris Cruz's wedding. Already got that one planned. So Brad and I were talking yesterday about what we could end up doing. 
because we got it. We got to pull some shenanigans on Chris pickled squirrel saying uh, dress code for the Chris Cruz wedding. Put something over your naughty bits. I like weddings like that. You mean covered up? I would hope. Hmm. Oh, wait, Chris said it's going to be a dry reception. Did he say that to? I never heard about that. The amazing Larky Farkett says can't take drunk bets on his drunkenness. He said it was going to be a dry reception. Did he? Maybe I missed. I missed the memo there. Were you in on Wednesday with? I was not. Okay, so we were both out Wednesday. Maybe he said that to Jeffy on when I was out on Wednesday. Holy crud! I can't go to a dry reception. I don't drink that often, but if I'm going to be, you know, that far away with my wife and hanging out with Brad Staggs, trust me, I'm going to need a couple of drinks. This just threw a giant wrench into this segment. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Dry reception, he means officially. Then, okay, I'm going to have Doc's little helper in my pocket then. Yep. I hope he's handing out flasks as the uh, wedding gift because I'm going to need one. What will Chris say at the altar, they're asking? You better do some uh, streaming live, Doc. We need to know. Hashtag which building America companies are sponsor. Okay, we'll do all that. Good deal. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Get those tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Hashtag what I learned today. There's just so much craziness going on. You know, a few years ago, um, went through some uh, some struggles on the air. You may recall those days when Skip left the program. And it was a lot of turmoil and stress. And um, I was sad to see Skip go. And it was just a whole lot of nuttiness surrounding it that I couldn't talk about. And it... It was just horrible for about six months. For different reasons, uh, the last six months have been pretty rough on, on this program as well. Um, just to have Chris, who's you know real solid, working with me and some of the other guys as well. But it's been been a bit of struggle, and also personal life as well. So we just keep trying to muddle through. But good things are coming. Lots of good stuff, as you probably know. We've been working on. I'm just laughing because Martin. <laughs> I was trying to share some of that stuff off the air with him, and his reaction was priceless. But lots and lots of good stuff coming. If you uh, stay engaged with us on social media, we will offer up as much detail as we can and some things that I think you're going to want to know about and to be a part of in the future. Because as you probably know, it's been a commitment of mine to help as much as I can. I've told the story years ago, I worked at a station and my plan was, hey, we can actually use these platforms to do a whole lot of good and make people's lives better. And that's kind of what we struggled to do. I've wanted to do more, tried to do more and haven't been able to, but I guarantee you in the next few weeks, months, we're going to do a whole lot more. So please stay engaged. 
Yeah, it's not. No, it's not pie in the sky. It's not wishful thinking because I'm just doing it. Yep, not waiting on anybody else, not getting approval, not uh, getting budgets and everything else. I'm just finding a way to do these things that for years I have tried to do and have not been able to pull off for various reasons. I've told you about tours that I was planning on doing, things that would be uh, really helpful to people. Um, ways to grow businesses, which, you know, we do our Building America segments, but I've wanted to take that to a whole different level in ways you can't even imagine that will truly help you start businesses and find other streams of income. Haven't been able to pull that off. And I finally got tired of even casually mentioning things because it always ended up feeling ho- uh, feeling hollow because so much of it didn't play out. And I was just like, it's not, you know, my fault I have the idea, I have the drive, I have the pieces together. And for one reason or another, I was unable to accomplish those things. Sometimes blocked, sometimes denied, sometimes circumstances didn't allow it to happen. But um, I'm just putting it all on me and I'm just going to go do it. I will find avenues to get these things done. Some of you may already understand that. Please follow me on social media at Doc Thompson Show. Uh, and, uh, that's on Twitter, of course. And Facebook is, uh, facebook.com slash doc Thompson show. And I've got a plan for social media coming as well. Yeah. Cause we know that the conservatives and libertarians are shut down on social media. I had a plan for that. That likely will be unveiled within, I'm trying to go exactly within a couple of weeks. I, I had hoped to actually do it today, but probably have to wait till next week. Maybe when Chris is back at most two weeks. All right, moving on. What's going on in the news now? Uh, I got to touch more a little bit on this Brett Kavanaugh. We've got uh, an update on how this is likely going to play out or at least what we know how it could play out. His um, accuser has said she may be open to testify, uh, testifying now. This is so bizarre to me. All over media and the news... They keep talking about her testifying and the people that support her testifying, the people who go, we must believe her and believe all women in the me too thing. They keep acting like this is a criminal trial. And I feel like, like an idiot watching this. Cause I'm like, am I missing something here? You're talking about, cause, cause she has also demanded an FBI investigation <clears throat> for what that's a, that's a local case. That's, that's a local, it's, a, it's going to be state law that your local police investigate. That's what it would, an assault. Your local police would investigate and charge you or charge him if it were true and they had proof with assault that is based on their state law. Nothing to do with feds. The only thing that the feds have to do with this is that the FBI um, puts together a background, does a cursory background investigation on candidates, nominees to the Supreme Court, just so members of the Senate can look at it and go, oh, okay, here's his, his piece. It's, it's a background check. It's like when you're going for a security clearance or something. That's, that's really what they're doing. The FBI handles those as well. You ever know anybody that had to get a security clearance, a really high one, somebody that was close to you, and you get the, hi, Mr. Thompson, uh, we're here, understand, uh, you know, your cousin's with so-and-so, yeah, well, we're looking at him, doing a background check for, you know, security clearance. It's like that. That's all it is. So to get the FBI more involved, even though they filed this letter that she wrote initially away distributed it to the the senators or at least the idea and said we did a basic background check 
There you go. Here's the information. That's it. To demand a further investigation would do what? Their goal is to keep him from being a Supreme Court justice or to keep ginning this all up as we talked about yesterday. So it's the spectacle of the thing. Well, why would you why would you need an investigation? Well, they don't. What would the investigation turn up? Likely nothing. If it was just them and and maybe uh, Mark Judge, his friend, who's now a, an author, a uh, writer and author, he was maybe in the room. Already said nothing happened. He doesn't remember. Whatever. You're not going to have any other witnesses. There was no cell phone records of this. There's no you know closed circuit TV monitors in this. There will be nothing. The only other witnesses that could ever come forward would be somebody that has secondhand information. Oh, well, she told me later that night this happened. Okay, so not only is it he said, she said, it's he said, she said, she, a distant friend that got it secondhand said. What? Were they in the room? No. Okay, you may get somebody who goes, I was in the next room and heard something. Oh, wow. That's that's going to be something that we, would hold up in a court of in a court of law if he was on trial. No, the best they could do is come up with circumstantial evidence. And there's not even going to be a lot of that. The most it would be is many people coming forward if they could do it that said that they heard something happen that night. That's it. And if they parade them out, he will be charged with nothing, nothing that nothing would happen. The worst that would happen for Brett Kavanaugh is, from a professional standpoint, he would not get the job. And, of course, it ruins his character a little bit. That's it. So she's now willing to testify under certain circumstances, her attorneys say. What circumstances? Well, they wrote a letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee that said she would be prepared to testify next week if... The senators offer her terms that are fair and which ensure her safety. Terms that are fair? Fair. And ensure her safety. What would be unfair about a congressional hearing? What's unfair? Is she testifying? Yes, that's the whole point of this. She would be willing to testify. Okay, great. So you're getting a chance to speak. By the way, you're getting a chance to speak after the process has rolled out. After all of the other hearings of a Supreme Court nominee based on allegations from almost 40 years ago when you were in high school when you were both minors of a possible kind of assault. we're, We're accommodating you. On an allegation, again, based on culture at the time that may have been flawed. What about every other Supreme Court nominee? They're all older. Most of them are older than Brett Kavanaugh. Nothing happened back during um, Sotomayor's time. Nothing happened during Clarence Thomas's time. I mean, aside from Nita Hill. Right? I mean, in the culture. All of those other justices, the others that have come before them nothing happened when they were in school that was troubling did you investigate Sotomayor this way Kagan what about Merrick Garland 
would you mean to tell me that these senators would have said, let's go ahead and go over Merrick Garland's background with a fine tooth comb, make sure he'd never told a dirty joke? No. So fairness to make sure the terms are fair. What would go into a term? You know, the terms of something. All right. The logistics. You'll arrive at 8 a.m. We'll give you an opening statement for, you know, 10 minutes, whatever, up to 10 minutes. Uh, then members of the committee will go through in kind of a Q&A session over what? Um, two hours. Then we'll break for uh, lunch, come back for another two hours, and then we'll wrap it up with a closing statement. I mean, that's, oh, yeah, the terms are each senator will get five minutes to question. Okay, the logistics of it. Okay, what other terms? What would, why would she ever balk at any of those terms anyways? Well, I only want to testify for two hours, not 2.5 hours. Okay, and safety. How would she be unsafe? What's going on? Um, you know, if you're going into those hearings, you go through security. What would be unsafe? Oh, you mean unsafe in the hashtag Me Too world. You know that if uh, Brett Kavanaugh is there, he w- might, what, ogle her? I was there getting ready to testify. Brett Kavanaugh was there. He ogled me. Her accusers in the room, would that make her feel unsafe? Well, the truth is, it's not the terms that are actually fair or actually ensure her safety. It goes back to her being the progressive. It's terms it's, that would make her feel like it was fair and feel like she was safe, which is, again, crap. But anyways, they said yes. She would be willing to testify under those circumstances on, on, on next week, but it can't be Monday. You know, Chuck Grassley gave a Monday deadline of when he would have to know if she's going to testify. Her attorneys wrote, it is not possible, and the committee's insistence that it occur then is arbitrary in any event. Arbitrary? <laughs> Yes, every deadline is arbitrary. Right? I mean, as far as stuff like this goes, we set deadlines in order to make sure we could continue. If you don't set a deadline, we'll get to those nominees sometime. Might be 400 years. They might have been dead 348 years, but we'll get to it. You know, setting a deadline is arbitrary. Talk about attorney speak. As you are aware, they wrote, she has been receiving death threats which have been reported to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and she and her family have been forced out of their home. Great. Sounds horrible. What about Kavanaugh's family? They, too, have been forced out of their home and getting death threats, the girls, the wife, Brad himself, all of them, but they seem a little less concerned about that, disproportionately concerned about her. And remember... She is the one who started this ball rolling. She's the one who wrote the letter. She's the one decided to disclose her identity. She's the one who has continued to fan the flames of this along with the Democrats and other progressives. She is the one who has had her attorneys write and say that she would be willing under those certain circumstances to testify at a Supreme Court nominee's hearing over something that may have happened 40 years ago. That is a he said, she said. So she's the victim again. She's claiming with no proof she was a victim almost 40 years ago. And now claiming she's a victim because she came forward to say she was a victim with no proof. (laughs) 40 years ago. 
Did I just victimize her again over being a victim of being a victim? Where does it end? It doesn't. Quick break back with more on this The Morning Blaze. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson will be right back on the Blaze Radio Network. most culturally diverse morning show on the radio hosted by a white guy this is the morning blaze with doc thompson kirsten gillibrand senator from new york spoke out yet again on brett kavanaugh and the way this process has rolled out she makes a very solid point she makes a very solid point about believing women remember women are to be believed we don't need investigations We don't need trials. We don't need juries to sit in judgment. We just need a woman to accuse somebody, and the accused is automatically guilty. Kirsten Gillibrand makes a really good point about that, because remember, hashtag women never lie. Remember that. Women would never lie about such things. We know that. Go ahead and use that hashtag, women never lie. Kirsten Gillibrand, senator from New York, making that really solid point that she believes Dr. Ford. I, I, I believe her. I stand with her. And Do you hope I she don't shows she, up on Monday? Do you hope that she no, testifies? I don't think she should be bullied into this scenario where it's a he said, she said. Yes. Uh, where many members of the committee have already made up their mind without the benefit Wait, of an what? FBI uh, Wait, well, investigation. Did, where zip, it's, zip, zip, uh, back that up there at the beginning. She just said chastising members of the Judiciary Committee for making up their minds. See, they've, uh, there's got to be an investigation and a hearing because some of these members of the committee have already made up their mind. She's calling them out for that, yet she started off with... I, I, I believe her. I stand with her. And Do you hope I don't she shows she, up on Monday? Do you hope that she no, testifies? I don't think she should be bullied into huh. this scenario where it's a he said, she said, uh, where many members of the committee have already made up their mind without the benefit of an FBI uh, investigation <laughs> where it's um, nonpartisan and objective and without the benefit of corroborating witnesses being able to testify. It's a sham hearing. And I, I don't think she should participate in it. So there needs to be an investigation. She shouldn't be a part of any testify, uh, testimony, any, any hearing, unless there is an investigation with witnesses and corroborating, well, no, corroborating witnesses. Um, they shouldn't because there are members who've already made up their mind and they should get those facts first. Of course, I, Kirsten Gillibrand, have already made up my mind and I stand with her. What? She made that argument 10 seconds. Start that at the beginning again. Listen to this. This is 10 seconds later that she uh, criticizes them. Listen. I I, I believe her. I stand with her. Do you hope she shows up on Monday? Do you hope that she testifies? I don't think she should be bullied into this scenario where it's a he said, she said, uh, where many members of the committee have already made up their mind. Fail. Benefit of an FBI. Does she not? Senator. Senator. You just said you've made up your mind and then chastise people for making up their mind. See, you know what it is? Not only hashtag women never lie, hashtag women are omnipotent. 
She, she, she's a crystal ball. She knows. She knows the truth. She's, she's a mind reader. Hashtag women are mind readers. Most husbands have already learned that, right? They know all. I got that. And that's what she's saying here. How dare you make up your mind without a full investigation when I have made up my mind without a full investigation? It's a woman's prerogative to make up their mind without an investigation because you know on the committee, there's no women. It's all just old white dudes. They're not allowed to make up their own mind without an investigation, but women are. Katie Turr from MSNBC had a, uh, a collage offering an argument against Brett Kavanaugh. Katie Turr, the noted conservative, the noted person on MSNBC, offered up a collage of, of comments from President Trump about other people that he's appointed to positions as testimony, I guess, against Brett Kavanaugh. He's a good guy, Corey. And by the way, the easiest thing, Corey, you're fired. But I can't destroy a man. I destroy him. He's got a beautiful wife and children, and I'm not going to destroy a man for that. It's very sad because he's a very good person. I've always found him to be just a very, very good person. And by the way, a very, very talented person. Look what he's done. So I feel very badly. He totally denies it. He says it didn't happen. And, you know, you have to listen to him also. We certainly wish him well. It's a uh, obviously tough time for him. He did a very good job when he was in the White House. Uh, And we Mm. hope he has a wonderful career and Hopefully, he will have a great career ahead of him. That was just a small look right there at President Trump's history of defending his aides and allies. And now he seems to be continuing his pattern of rushing to the defense of men while casting doubt on allegations made by women (laughs) with his Supreme Court pick, pick Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Kavanaugh faces Mm -hmm. a decades-old allegation of what the accuser's attorney is calling attempted rape. He's a man Uh, of great intellect. Hold on one second there. Attempted rape. Her accusing calling it attempted rape. Um, you can't even prove assault, let alone sexual assault. That's a that's a far leap to say that, let alone attempted rape. But see, attempted rape sounds even more significant. So they came up with a collage that has nothing to do with Brett Kavanaugh in order to make Brett Kavanaugh look bad. Brett Kavanaugh nominated by the president. And the nice thing about this collage from their perspective is it also makes the president look bad because here he is out there defending Corey Lewandowski, who was charged with, of course, battery. And then you had uh, Roy Moore and, you know, that whole sexual improprieties from, you know, 100 years ago. And then Rob Porter, who was charged with spousal abuse or at least accused of it. And because of all of those things and the president defended them. Those clips aren't necessarily after they were accused of things. He's just saying they're good people. Well, that's what you do. You talk, if you nominate somebody, you don't say, I'm nominating this person to serve as attorney general. Um, They're a horrible, horrible person, despicable. You would hate this person. Yeah, they're unqualified, but I'm nominating. No, you say good things about them. That's what you do. But that somehow is what? against Brett Kavanaugh makes him look bad. He's responsible for that. That makes no sense. Unless you remember, this is propaganda. This is what they're up to. All right. uh, Let's see what else we got. Oh, 
article on um, Georgetown Prep and Kavanaugh's time at Georgetown Prep. The article says, will what happened at Georgetown Prep stay there? And it goes on to tell this entire tale of what it was like at Georgetown Prep and how much drinking went on. It said uh, that it was more like a liberal arts college back in the day. The 93-acre campus in Maryland was uh, just uh, loaded with drinking and sex from the students back in the 80s. That there was just party after party. That this was the culture. Which again, I, they're, they're not writing this to say, well, it was just the culture, so accept it. They're writing it to show you how horrible Brett Kavanaugh is, that he likely did these things. See, on one hand, they write about the culture there and say this is what was going on, but somehow Brett was supposed to be above all of this. If, in fact, he actually did everything, he may have been above it all. So they're like, this was the culture, therefore he must have done it. Not, this was the culture, if he did it, maybe it was just accepted. They don't even get that part of it. But they go on to mention... That Mark Judge, one of his classmates, had a pledge, them, in their circle of friends, to consume 100 kegs of beer their senior year. Not individually, in total, all of them. They had this pledge. And they write in this article that Kavanaugh's yearbook page contains this underneath his name. Underneath his name, it's Brett Kavanaugh, underneath Keg City Club Treasurer. Keg City Club Treasurer. A hundred kegs or bust. And then one of the quotes, down the hatch. Look at this. He drank in high school. Um, he didn't have a pledge to rape a hundred women. He didn't have a pledge to sexually assault 50 women by the edge of the year. Down the hatch. No, he wasn't the treasurer of Sexual Abuse Club. This has nothing to do with it. Except, once again, it shows his low moral character because he may have drank beer back then. He might have been a little bit of a party boy, so therefore he's got to be a rapist, of course, and unqualified to serve on the Supreme Court. Just propaganda, folks. It's just propaganda. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Instead of punching a total stranger this morning, punch these numbers into your phone. 888-900-3393. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Tweets in with the hashtag. Get the tweets in with the hashtag what I learned today. Brickhouse Nutrition has their um, field of greens waiting for you. I always uh, start to say their uh, dawn to dusk because we used the dawn to dusk for so long and it talked about it. Dawn to dusk is still available as well. They have a bunch of great products. Uh, Brickhouse Nutrition. They're all available at BrickhouseDoc.com. You can get there. BrickhouseDoc.com. Of course, dawn to dusk is the 10-hour energy release supplement, which works great. And the Field of Greens is something that allows you to get those vegetables into your diet, eat a little healthier without having to go through the process of actually cooking and eating vegetables. Some people don't have the time. Some people don't have the money, the patience, and some people just don't like vegetables. But I'm telling you, each and every day, 
nutrition nutritionists, scientists understand the human body better and better that it's got to be a plant-based lifestyle. It's not that you shouldn't eat carne, that you can't eat meat, but the center of your nutritional world has to be vegetables. Not even fruit. We, we lump fruits and vegetables together. Those should be separate. Yes, they both have fiber and vegetables, and they're both plant-based, and veg- uh, fruits are going to be better than a lot of other things for you. But they also come often with a lot of sugar, and that's going to be an issue for you as well. But vegetables, that's got to be the center of it. It's, uh, it's fibrous, so of course it's going to keep everything running well there. It's going to help uh, avoid prostate cancer. Um, you've got all the nutritional uh, vitamins and minerals. You need all of that stuff in your diet. It has to be a part of it. But if you don't like vegetables or you have trouble eating them because you've got a busy lifestyle, just try Field of Greens at BrickHouseDoc.com. It's BrickHouseDoc.com. Try them today. It's a, it's a powder, so you mix it with the liquid, drink it down, and you're good to go. Each scoop gives you a full supply of or a full serving of what you should be getting in your diet. And you can keep the little, the little jar of Field of Greens in your cabinet at work, in your drawer. You can keep it at home. You can take it to school. If you keep it in your car, if you're on the go and a salesman a lot, and then just mix it with the liquid, drink it down, and it's awesome. Works really well for kids if you want to mix it with some juice or a uh, smoothie or something like that, and they won't even know they're getting it. It's real food in a different form, and it's great for you. It's BrickHouseDoc.com. BrickHouseDoc.com. Try it today. All right, we got to get to a bunch of other stuff, but uh, Brett Kavanaugh being called... Oh, real quick, if you're looking for the Friday leftovers... Yeah, we're going to have to postpone those, so we will not be doing the Friday leftovers today, uh, just FYI. Sorry, I know it's frustrating. Everyone looks forward to them. We're going to uh, have to migrate those down the road a piece here. So right now we're just going to, because Chris is out and it just doesn't quite work. Um, Brett Kavanaugh calling himself the Keg City Club treasurer. Yeah, we should be more concerned that the kid was not the cl- uh, Keg City Club president. Right? I mean, we want somebody who was just the treasurer. Come on, how much money did they have? That's the that's the title you give to somebody who couldn't run for president as Keg City Club. Right? Shouldn't we be looking for a Supreme Court nominee that was the Keg City Club president? At least Keg City Club vice president? Yes, it's better that he was the uh, treasurer than the Keg City Club secretary. Pfft. What do you do? Take some minutes down to the meeting? Okay. Pete ordered uh, another keg. We tapped it at four and then uh, Brett threw up on his shoes at 1 a.m. I mean, no, there's no notes to meetings. How silly to try to hold somebody to standard of Keg City Club treasurer that they called themselves this as what was likely a joke. I mean, I believe there probably was a Keg City Club. They were partying and drinking the beer. That does absolutely believe that. But to put it in the yearbook is a joke. Calling yourself a little part. I was the crowned prince of fun. P-H-U-N. I was the crowned prince of fun back in my theater days, community theater at the Ashtabula Art Center. All summer long doing straw hat theater. I was the crowned prince of fun. No, we all had titles. I was not the king of fun. Nay, nay. That was Chip. That was Chip, our director who was a couple years older who led us through those summers of community theater. But he did officially crown me as the prince, the heir apparent to the throne of fun. That was me. It could have been much worse. 
the crown prince of something else. There was a lot of stuff going on. Fun was pretty benign. Come on, guys. This is silly high school fun. And you're making an issue out of this. This proves that he was a bad guy. It proves to me that he was just a kid growing up. And by the way, he still went to Georgetown Prep. Still went to Yale. Got a law degree. Practiced law and became a judge. He did that instead of, or while also maintaining, keeping up his duties as club city, I'm I'm sorry, keg city club treasurer. Yeah, he accomplished it. While I was the crown prince of fun, you know, and my buddy Steve was the night of fun. That's K-N-I-G-H fun, T fun, supposedly. uh, We became what we are today, which is a far cry from a nominee to the Supreme Court. He still achieved. He still did. And throughout his career, nobody else has been like, well, yep, he, uh, he once killed a guy. He raped three women uh, a couple years ago. No, none of these allegations. It's character assassination is what it is. We have a little clip of uh, columnist Charles Blow. This might not be the guy you want to have on uh, interviewing when you're discussing possible sexual assault. He was on with Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo uh, set this whole thing up. Charles Blow. I mean, he's a noted columnist from the New York Times. Don't get me wrong. I'm just thinking maybe somebody else would have been a better choice. Chris Cuomo does not realize that there are certain things you probably shouldn't say when you're interviewing somebody about sexual assault. Very bellworthy stuff here. We'll get to that because it starts off with this almost monologue from Charles Blow about the problem with what's going on with this Brett Kavanaugh accusation. And his big issue is that those of us that say that she should have come, uh, come forward sooner don't know what we're talking about because we were not victims of sexual assault. And unless you were, as a child, you have no idea what this is like and you should basically shut your hole and know your role. I mean, that's, that's what he's saying. The problem with that is that's like saying, well, unless you've ever been a congressman or a lawyer, you shouldn't be able to vote. Or you shouldn't be able to vote on whether or not um, gays can marry unless you're gay. And you shouldn't decide what is right when it comes to the First Amendment's protections over religion unless you are part of an organized religion. By the way, you shouldn't be able to vote on freedom of uh, press and you know, whether or not that's acceptable, unless you're a member of the press, it never ends. You could say that about everything. Pick something. It's a, okay. Guess what? Um, you should not be able to vote on the alternative minimum tax unless you've ever paid and been hit with the alternative minimum tax. It never ends. Uh, is it appropriate for Colin Kaepernick to kneel in an NFL game? I don't know. I've never played in the NFL. It never ends. It's an asinine statement. Sorry, Charles. I get it. Mr. Blow, get it. I get you were a victim of sexual assault. I understand. That's that's what you're saying. That doesn't mean the rest of us can't have an opinion or can't um, understand on some level. And by the way, a lot of people saying it still were victims of sexual assault. A lot of us had oddities happen when we were children. Maybe not to the sexual assault others did, 
But some really weird things in our past. I'll bet a lot of people in the audience right now are like, yeah, that was weird. I kind of remember something weird. I kind of remember some oddities happening when I was really young from distant relatives and cousins. I remember some odd things, too. I don't carry them around because it's not as forefront or overt as maybe what Mr. Blow went through. But it's a stupid statement. I'm going to play some of this for you. But remember, what he's really doing here is reliving everything that he went through and getting triggered because he feels bad. I would argue in this case, Mr. Blow isn't able to make a reasonable opinion or have a reasonable opinion on this because he is so triggered because of what he went through. He's not able to be unbiased. Used to be, we would say that we would say, listen, you've got to recuse yourself from a situation because you've experienced something similar. We would say, all right, we've got a panel of judges or jury or whoever through an official court proceeding that has to do with somebody who was a rape victim. That's the somebody's on trial for rape. And you go, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to, your honor, excuse three of the jury members or that uh, that judge should have recused themselves because they claim to have been raped. That's what used to happen. Now we're saying that unless you've been there, you can't understand. And we have to defer to all of these people because they're so hopped up. If you really went through this, Mr. Blow, it's horrible. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have an opinion. If anybody should recuse themselves, it should be you. Here it is. Listen to him with Chris Cuomo. We have to all take a step back and be respectful of Professor Ford. This is not only Hold it, flag on the play. Stop the tape. Hold on one minute. We all have to pull back and make sure we're respectful of, of Dr. Ford. Who hasn't been respectful? I have been as critical about this process as anybody. It's asinine. I've called him as I've seen him. Brett Kavanaugh may be guilty. Maybe he's not. She may have been a victim. She may not have. But we don't know. If you want to have an investigation, fine. A criminal investigation. If you want to have her offer a statement, fine. But she should not be part of the hearings, whether or not he gets uh, appointed or confirmed, rather, to the Supreme Court. It has nothing to do with it. It's not germane to this. It has nothing to do with his appointment. Even if she could prove sexual assault, it doesn't have anything to do with his appointment. Sorry, it doesn't. He was a minor at the time, number one. Number two, it was 40 plus years ago. And if you're right out now, progressive out there screaming, you mean to tell me if he was a convicted sexual assaulter, it should not be germane? No, I don't think it should be 40 years ago as a 17-year-old unless you progressives out there are willing to say that we should not forgive people for their past wrongs. Is that what you're saying? Is that the standard? Because I'm being consistent here. You are the ones who've told us that when it comes to felons, even those convicted of rape, we should make sure to give them their voting rights back. Haven't you told us that? Where's your consistency here? If that's the standard, fine. If Brett Kavanaugh will be the standard that even if you could prove the sexual assault, that that must absolutely be germane 40 years ago, okay. People can't turn over new leaves. People cannot change their lives. Good to know. Then we will keep every felon locked up forever. Is that what you're saying? 
those members of Hollywood that you covet and you're giving a pass to, that we can never forgive them? Sorry, I'm demanding you be consistent. Who has not treated her with respect? I've been this critical. How has it been disrespectful? It hasn't. So a little bit more from Mr. Blow. We have to all take a step back and be respectful of Professor Ford. This is not only, if it is true, a sexual assault. It is a childhood sexual assault. Flag on the play. A childhood sexual assault. Childhood. Childhood. Child. When I say child, what age comes to mind? If I say... Yeah, um, this guy had two children, or this guy um, knew this child. What is a child? In my mind, a child is somebody under the age of teen. A 12-year-old, is that a child? Maybe. Maybe. Is an 8-year-old a child? Yeah, an 8-year-old child. A 10-year-old child? Yeah, okay. 12-year-old child. A 15-year-old child? No. No. It may technically be accurate, but we do not use, generally speaking, child to mean a 15-year-old. You know what we say? A teen. A teenager is what we say. People love to use words like this to argue their point. Mr. Blow is arguing 15 is a child. He's not saying minor. Minor is a legal term, a legal definition. If you are not of the age of majority... 18, then you are considered a minor in the eyes of the law. Okay, he could say a minor. A minor was sexually assaulted, if this is proven. Okay. But that also encompasses Brett Kavanaugh, who was 17 at the time. He's also a minor. If you say 15 means child because they're a minor, then you also have to say Brett Kavanaugh was a child. So a child sexual assault by another child. This was not, see, they're, they're trying to paint this as she was 15 and Brett Kavanaugh was the age he is now. You know, Tuesday, Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted a 15-year-old. <laughs> no, Brett Kavanaugh was also a child, if that's what you're saying. But they love to manipulate words like this. I saw an article the other day. It was a headline that referred to a woman being, it was like a sexual assault or something. I can remember the exact headline because I remember looking at it and realizing how they manipulated the verbiage. The way it was described, whatever the rest of the backstory was, um, they needed her to sound younger. Everything else you saw in the, in the article would lead you to assume that she was like 30. But they referred to her as a teenager because she was 19. They, they wanted it to be uh, like a child was sexually assaulted by an older person, that type of thing. This 60-year-old man assaulted this teenager. She was 19, you know? Uh, she wasn't a child. She's an adult woman. Mind you, if they want to uh, support voting rights for younger people or something else, they would say, well, this adult woman, she's 19, Obviously, you can vote at 18, so maybe that's a bad example. But my point being, 
if they want to make somebody at 19 sound older, if the manipulative news media, the mainstream progressive news media want to make somebody sound older at 19, they say, um, adult man, blah, 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 19 year old man. If they want to make them sound younger, like they were victimized by the system and vulnerable, it was a 19 year old, a teenager. They say teenage woman or teenager. What? A child at 15? Sorry. If he wanted to make her sound older, they would have said 15-year-old or young woman or something. But you say child to make people seem or make it seem like she's even more of a victim. No, Brett Kavanaugh was also, by that standard, a child as well. Yeah, so to Mr. Blow, what age do you stop being a child? 16? Or is it 17? Oh, she was a child, but Brad Kavanaugh was a man. A little more here. This we is go. not only, if it is true, a sexual assault, it is a childhood sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And if you have never been the victim of a childhood sexual assault, everybody needs to calm down and take a step back. Stop asking why she didn't say anything. I was victim of a childhood sexual assault. Hold on a second. I just right? realized if he's saying childhood sexual assault and you're a child at 15. How many guys got hazed on their football team? How many guys got hazed, especially back in the day? You got hazed for your initiation when you were the freshman. So you're a teenager, right? Or maybe when you went out for the high school team, when you went out for JV or varsity. So you'd be 14, 15, 16, somewhere in that range. How many people were hazed of a sexual nature, right? They hit you, assault you in the nads, or you had to do something with a grape or a can of something or other or whatever, right? Lots of guys went through that. Maybe a lot of girls as well. Yes, those are sexual assaults. In fact, they're actual assaults. Unlike hers, we don't know. You might have been able to, to prove that. It may have been known by the whole team, 45 people standing around. Sometimes they catch it on film or pictures of something or whatever. That would be a childhood sexual assault to this guy, not just assault or hazing. Okay, a little more. Stop asking why she didn't say anything. I was victim of a childhood sexual assault, right? Not news. I wrote it in my book in four, in four years ago. First time I told somebody was 17 years later. A stranger. Next time I told somebody was two years after that. Next time I told somebody was eight years after that. It was 37 years before I told everybody in the world in a book. You can't... I understand how if this happened to her, she could remember everything in that room. Okay, and not hold on. The- I gave her a pass and said, yes, you may not want to come forward. That's fine. I, I get it. I've not been through the similar type of thing that she's alleging or what this guy, Mr. Blow, went through. So I get it. You may never want to tell the truth. But she came forward while this was going on this level she didn't care about when he had a lower job and whether she realizes it or not and i think she does and i think she's a willing participant because she is a progressive this is not being used to set a right wrong because she finally was compelled to do it the timing of this is pretty obvious this is politics and that's the reason people are criticizing her not because she's decided to come forward later on when she was more equipped to handle with if it actually happened but because the timing of this, we know, is more about politics. Quick break. Back with more in a minute on this The Morning Blaze. 
This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. The most diverse morning show on the radio. Uh, because HR said we had to. So, it's the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. More from Charles Blow, the New York Times columnist, on with Chris Cuomo. And we have to get to Chris's part coming up as well. It's very bell-worthy. First of all, i got to remind you about iTarget Pro and the iTarget Pro system at iTargetPro.com. Again, it's the letter I, TargetPro.com. It's a great system that allows you to increase your skills, your proficiency with a firearm, and you get to do it in a cheaper, effective, more efficient manner if you are using a firearm for self-protection and defense at home. Actually, for whatever reason you use it. Target practice? Remember, target practicing with the gun that you will use for competitions or whatever is going to be better. Every gun has slight variations, even within the same uh, make and model. Everyone is going to be a little different. The handle, the grips, the the sights, everything's a little bit different. So practicing with your gun for target practice or uh, practicing at home to maximize your strategic advantages at home in case, you know, a burglar ever breaks into your house um, is going to be the way to go. The problem is you can't actually fire unless you're you know, dry firing, but then, you know, at home, otherwise you're going to be shooting through the wall unless... Um, you dry fire, and that's not going to show you where the, the round would have gone. Instead, use the iTarget Pro system. It's, it's a laser round, so you get to see where it would have hit. The little laser pulse registers on the proprietary app that you have on your phone. So really, you take your gun, you take this little round that stays in your gun and just pulse out that little laser, and your phone with you, and that's all you need to take with you. So it's not like you need anything bulky. You're likely going to have your phone with you anyways. Look for it today at itargetpro.com. The letter itargetpro.com. Use the promo code DOC for 10%. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Hi, right, it's Doc Thompson. Appreciate you joining me. Chris Cruz off today. He's uh, getting married. Yeah, I know it shocked all of us that somebody would marry him, let alone somebody who is really nice and attractive and sweet. <laughs> Chris, Chris's fiance is honestly... Very, very nice. She's one of the the nicest people I know. I mean, you just meet somebody, you're like, oh, she's so nice. And a good family and smart and cute. And I'm just like, yep, I don't know. He has lied and lied and lied to her. I know that because that's how I ended up getting married as well. Because my wife is nice and attractive and smart. (laughs) 
I am not. I get the tweets in with the hashtag. What I learned today, we'll still do those. And if you have any predictions for his wedding, we're uh, using um, Chris Cruz wedding predictions as well. And I'm not going to share a lot of those today, but I want to get a bunch so then we could go through and see if anybody got it right uh, come Monday. And again, I will share as much on social media as I can from his wedding. Uh, Brad Staggs probably will as well because we're both working it. And um, I don't think if anybody else around here is going. I don't know if Pat or anybody is. But we'll share that. So make sure to follow it. It's uh, at Doc Thompson Show. And on Facebook, we'll do a bunch. It's facebook.com slash Doc Thompson Show. I got to get back to this uh, audio from Mr. Charles Blow where we left off. But uh, before we do, I got to remind you about Patriot Mobile. Sign up for a Patriot Mobile account today. And you are going to get an incredible deal. Yes, we had uh, Constitution Day on Monday. And they were offering a deal $17.87 for your first month of service. For your first full month of service just $17.87, and you're like, yeah, I missed it, Doc. Nay, you did not. No, they held it over. Constitution Day, we should have Constitution Month. At least that's what we're doing with Patriot Mobile. Sign up today at patriotmobile.com slash doc. It's $17.87 for your first month of service, which is a bit of a fail because their prices are already really low. This is still a couple bucks lower. Saving any is good. So sign up right now. PatriotMobile.com slash doc. To make it easy on you, you can also call 800-A-PATRIOT. Celebrate Constitution Day and Constitution Month. Support your rights one call at a time. 800-A-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash doc. Offer code DOC as well. Make sure to put that in and you'll also get that pocket constitution absolutely free. This is a good company that's out there fighting for you. And oh, can I, uh, yes, I'll rout. Let the cat the bag a little bit. Over the past year or so, I have talked with the folks at Patriot Mobile about uh, taking part in something that I have planned. And they are really solid people that uh, a lot of them veterans as well. Maury, who runs Patriot Mobile, is a veteran and he's just a good guy. And I had told him about an idea I had and he was like, oh my gosh, I got to be a part of this. And I haven't been able to pull it off. But like I told you earlier, I'm doing this thing. And uh, I can't wait because just yesterday I locked it in and I told, uh, told some of my friends, I'm like, okay, we got to call Maury. He is going to be thrilled about this. My point in telling you this is that Patriot Mobile is along with us likely taking part in something that's going to support veterans and do a whole lot of good for veterans like never before. So make sure to sign up today, patriotmobile.com slash doc and show your support so they can show support for veterans as well. Like I said, Maury's a veteran and they've always supported veterans causes as well as other conservative causes. It's patriotmobile.com slash doc, offer code DOC, sign up today. All right, back to Charles Blow now where we left off because you really got to hear the failure of Chris Cuomo listening to this guy for three minutes talk about being the victim of a sexual assault when he was a child. And Chris says some bellworthy things, which is really a fail. Listen, you can't. I understand how if this happened to her, she could remember everything in that room and not the day. I don't remember the day. I know it was in my home. So that's the only way I only really know where it is. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the day. I don't remember who else is in my, my family must have been there because it's our home. But when we start asking these ridiculous questions about why didn't she say something? She became a professional and adult. I was a columnist. New York Times and nobody knew a thing. Didn't say a word. For us, it is a living thing that lives in our bodies, right? That you, 
you are you wrestle with it all the time. I can't say that I thought about it every day, but I thought about it all the time. It was a living memory. It, it didn't move in my brain like other memories do to the back where it starts to fade. You're talking, you're thinking about it all the time. So all of that minutia, he stood there, they turned right. the music, all of that is alive in you. So let me ask right? you something. So, so when, when people start saying, Here comes Chris. We gave her a week. That's, <laughs> that's right. a crazy thing to say to someone who has just now, at her age, decided that she has compelled right. to say this out loud. To oh, say, oh, oh, I get and hold it one second there. Hold on one second. Now remember, he said all of that and still is assuming she is telling the truth. Again, this is the overall failure. You're just saying she is telling the truth and he is not. Well, damn it. If I knew she was telling the truth, what do you think my reaction would be? I'd be like, he's wrong. Let's go ahead and prosecute the guy, right? I mean, it's been 40 years, so maybe you can't prove it. But if there was a way to prove it, nobody in this audience is going to say, oh, someone sexually assaulted somebody and you can prove it. Let's not prosecute them. Everybody in this audience that's even been critical of this process is saying, let's prosecute offenders of crimes. Of course we are. So if I believed it like them, of course I'd be like it. But the point is you cannot believe it until it's proven. You can personally say, I mean, I think she's telling the truth and I think he's lying. That's where it should stop. You could personally feel the way. I think Harvey Weinstein did some crazy, freaky, bizarre sexual things and probably raped people. I, Doc Thompson, personally believe that. As I drive down the road and people mention Harvey Weinstein, I think, I know this guy did it. He is so skeevy. Look at him. I've heard some of the audio and seen some of the videos of things he's done. I believe it. But I can't prove it. And it's not been tried. And that's what you have to say. So I get why these people are so passionate. They've, assu- they've ruled him guilty. Of course you'd be passionate. So anyways, Charles Blow from the New York Times talking about his personal. And that's pretty dramatic to hear, hear him talk about it. I, I believe he's telling the truth. I don't think a lot of people are going to make that up. But again, we can't prove it. I'm not going to insult him and say, screw you, you're lying. I don't know. But giving the benefit of the doubt, Chris Cuomo, who's in the tank for all of this stuff and in the tank for, you know, she's telling the truth and Brett Kavanaugh is guilty because Chris Cuomo is a Democrat and a progressive. Here is this guy say all of these troubling things for three minutes and then says these things. At her age, decided that she is compelled to say this out loud, to say, oh, I gave you a week. And if you don't come for in a week, then you have nothing to say and you are invalid. Well, also, it is incredible. She also did it with a little bit of a prophylactic on it, right? She came out anonymously initially. So it wasn't like she was looking to go long and strong right out of the box about this. But let me ask you something and, and tell me if it's too sensitive. Um, if you were asked to prove that it happened, because that's no what's going to happen. There's no way I could. Can we, There's no can way we I back could. that up just a little bit? Folks, it's one thing to say something that is a double entendre and not mean it because you're innocent. In fact, that's what's so funny about the bell. The bell isn't when you say something dirty. That's overt. It's obvious. It's when you slip and it's, Maybe inappropriate and still obvious and you should know. Got it. Okay. We get it. And people say things all the time. I say things you do all the time that you didn't realize. Oh, that could be taken another way. Got it. By the way, taken another way could be that as well. But when you say prophylactic, 
which in today's world, prophylactic is almost exclusively used to mean a prophylactic from getting pregnant. The word prophylactic can mean all kinds of things. I mean, you could take a prophylactic drug or vitamins. You could do something of a prophylactic nature that would stave off, you know, an accident or something in an automobile. I mean, technically, I guess you could say, uh, is a seatbelt kind of a prophylactic? I guess it may be. Anyways, lots of things. But in today's world, if I say, what's a prophylactic? In fact, we've almost moved past it. A lot of people don't even know the word now. But... This let's, is the first time I've ever heard that word in my life. Okay, so yeah. there you go. So let's let's go back. So when my dad was a kid, probably prophylactic could mean anything. You know, anything that would prevent something preventative, right? A prophylactic drug that would keep you from getting a disease, something like this. But by the time you got into the seventies and eighties, a prophylactic was a condom. Specifically, it's not even birth control. It's a condom. That's it. Not a diaphragm or an IUD or anything like this. It's a condom. So Chris Cuomo is of that age, and he knows that. To use the word prophylactic in this is a real failure. Listen, here we go. That's a, that's right. a crazy thing to say to someone who has just now, and listen to how at many. her age, here decided that she has compelled right. to say this out loud, to say, oh, I gave you a week, and if you don't come for it in a week, here we go. Then you have nothing to say, and you are invalid. Well, also, it is incredible. She also did it with a little bit of a prophylactic on it, right? She came out anonymously, initially, so it wasn't like she was looking to go long and strong right out of the box about this. But let me ask you something, and, and tell me if Dude, it's Dude, that's got to be like sensitive. a record. Um... If it's, you on, were, it's like he was trying. It's just one after the other, after the right. other, after the other. Which, by the way, is also a bell. Okay, <laughs> let's, uh, I think we can wrap it up. I just thought that was. Oh, Chris. Die. If you are somebody that's frustrated by these such uh, allegations, and you know we live in this brave new world, and uh, you're maybe of the uh, parenting age, and you have children, have you talked to your kids about this stuff? Have you talked? To, maybe you are younger, still in the dating scene. Have you considered what the brave new world means to you? That this is out there. This is only going to get worse. I, I don't think we're we're going to see a slight. You know, um, uh, things slightly getting better where we stop these witch hunts and everything else. We've got a long way to go before things start getting better. It's going to get worse and worse and more ridiculous. How do you handle these things? I could not handle dating at this point. I just, I couldn't. I mean, maybe dating at my age would be different because other people would, I would be theoretically dating people, you know, my age. But to be dating people 20 something now, no. I would, with my wife, we have been dating or married. We've been a couple for just shy of 11 years. We dated for something years before we got married. And that was kind of a cultural thing too. Before that, I had been divorced for, before we started dating, I had been divorced about a year. Divorced slash separated maybe a year and a half, two years, somewhere in there. During that time, I had gone on a couple of dates that were very um, insignificant. Um, really just like kind of coffee dates. I don't know if, I don't think there was any that went beyond two dates. Nothing significant. And then 
So, and, and only a handful of those over the course of a year or two. And that was 11 years ago. Prior to that, I was with my ex-wife for about six years total. So now you're looking at two plus six plus 11. We're talking just shy of 20 years than I had been seriously on the dating scene at a, a 20, 30-something-year-old. That's a long time ago. I cannot imagine because during that entire time I wasn't dating or when I was, I, I met my wife at work. We, you know, it wasn't like I had to go on a bunch of dates and whatever. And then we hung out as friends for a long time and it was, it was pretty easy. So I can't imagine what it would be like where you're playing this game and involved in passionate trysts and is this okay if I do this and hashtag me too and allegations and you know, did you say a, a dirty jo- joke at work? We just, we're in a different world now. That must be horrible. Well, there are some solutions how you can handle these things. And tech has stepped in to help fill that void and how you can protect yourself. And I've got one of those suggestions coming up. Before I do, though, I got to remind you about RidUZone. If you're on the dating scene, um, likely you recognize that, um, you don't have to have these problems. If you're of the dating age and single and saying, I would like to be dating, you don't have to worry about these problems if you are fat or you're going to have less reason to consider because no one's going to want you. Actually, I could say, no, maybe you have to worry a little more because then you're going to be pushing it a bit, right? You're a little overweight and you're like, okay, I got to make this one count. No, no, tonight. Tonight, not tomorrow, because I am fat. I'm lucky I got this date. Mm, I guess it could work either way. Regardless, though, give yourself more opportunities in the dating world if you are thin and in shape. And also, you're going to want to live longer if you find that right person. That's where Riduzone comes in. Riduzone is a weight loss product. It's not a drug. It's not some weird stimulant that uh, is based on, uh, you know, uh, big pharma or anything like that. It's not some crackpot diet where, no, you eat just uh, onion peels for like six days straight and then you fast for three days and then you eat cabbage soup for six years. No, it's not weird. It's something that's already in your body. It's in nature. It's called um, OEA. I don't know what it stands for. It's a technical thing, but it's natural. It's not, it's not a drug. They didn't develop it as a drug. It just in concentrated amounts makes you feel fuller and boost your metabolism. It works. That's the bottom line. It works and you don't have to worry about any wacky, weird side effects, anything like that. It works. Riduzone. R-I-D-U zone. Try it today. Man, you could be down, you know, 30 pounds or by the end of the year. And then it's going to help you maintain during those difficult times. Because if you get through the holidays and you're trying not to eat and you're like, oh my God, I'm so stuffed or I'm so hungry um, and I just want to eat. If you use Riduzone, you can still eat. It's going to make you feel a little fuller, though, so you eat a little bit less. And what you do eat, you're going to burn it off faster because of the increased metabolism. Bottom line, it works. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. I get a quick break in coming back. I'll tell you how tech you can help you protect yourself if you are dating. It's not sugar-coated. It's not fluff. It's just the truth. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to The Morning Blaze. When you have some time, there's another show that I think you should check out. It's the Glenn Beck Program. I think you're really going to like it. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Direct Fire is a jet-fueled political thriller that's now available in paperback. It's taken from the 30 years of military service of Brigadier General Anthony Tata. His books have gotten high praise from George H.W. Bush and Glenn Beck. In Direct Fire, a Delta Force veteran races against the clock to take out terrorists gathered in the North Carolina mountains. The terrorists have already taken down military brass and civilian leaders, and that's only the beginning. Direct Fire is on sale now. Just visit AJTATA.com. That's AJTATA.com. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, 888-900-3393. So what's it like to date today and have to make sure you get consent regular? I can't imagine that would be horrible. First of all, it, it kills that timeless art of seduction. But also, um, it's going to kill the mood, right? Well, because it's not about, hey, would you like to date? Great. And you end up in a uh, private locale and you start... Um, engaging in certain intimate activities and there's a certain understanding that as long as you're both engaged in it that you're both approving of it and then one person says well I think I will put my hand here and I will proceed with doing this and the other person doesn't balk at it so you assume that you're good to go No, that's not enough. You actually have to to get consent. By today's standards, you have to get consent every step of the way. Is it okay if I touch you here now? Okay. Is it okay if I put my finger here now? Is it okay if I put my arm here? Is it okay if I touch you here? Is it okay if I kiss here? Every step of the way, constantly. And by the way, in the throes of passion, if you say... Is it okay if I do this? And you're very specific about the activity. Is it okay if I do this? And they say, yes. And you do that for a while, a few minutes. Then you do a bunch of other things, haven't gotten consent every step of the way. And then 15 minutes later, you go back to that original thing that you got consent for. Nope. It's 15 minutes later. You have to get consent again. So just because they gave you consent to take part in this one activity and you've been taking part in other sexual activities for 15 minutes, you cannot go back to that original one and just say, well, you gave me consent 15 minutes ago. No, it's 15 minutes later. I was, I was okay with it then, but now I don't want to take part in that activity. How dare you? That's how crazy it is. Well, technology here is, is here to help you. There's a new app that provides consent contracts for sexual activity. There's an app for it. It's called You Consent, the letter U Consent. It gives potential sexual partners the ability to tell each other what level of physical intimacy they are comfortable with and record their eventual agreement so there is no misunderstanding. And they argue that this could be a contract, a legal binding contract. The way it works is this. One person types what they want on their phone into the app. Fillet. Finger. Kissing. Nether reach. And then with the. 
sheepdog, cupcake, hamburger, finger, right? You type it all out. Then you orally tell the person what you just typed. I don't know if you read it as you're saying it or after, but you type it all in to the contract and then you tell them orally. Now, a little bit of a problem there because if you, based on what I've already told you, you can't just say sex, three characters. Can't do it. What type of sex? Monica Lewinsky sex, cigar, blue dress, give them a Clinton, Scooby, old fashioned, right? You, you got to type all of that in. And then I want to touch you. And then we'll really get freaky. You got to put it all in there. Damn it. And you tell them, which I'm not sure I want to lay all those cards on the table right off. You know, see what I'm saying? You don't know. They're like, okay, you're a freak. You know, what with the candle wax and whatever. I mean, I was okay with a little bit of this, but you're a freak. But once they're into it, you know, maybe they might be into it. So I'm not sure all those cards need to be laid on the table right off. But this app says you do that. Type it in, tell them. Then that person types into their phone what they agree to. Well, it would have to be similar to what yours is. So then they're like, okay, what what did you just say? And then the hamburger goes where? And then we get the pie. And then we're the whip and the chain. How long will I be chained up? Type it all in. Then the two of you hold your phones up together and the app captures each other's barcode and makes sure that was what was requested matches what was granted. Ting, ting, you've got sex. I imagine that's what it would say. There's got to be say something. Now, that's a really long process, right? I mean... I would say if you're going to use this, maybe you start the typing, you know, before you even go out. I mean, it's still pie in the sky, mind you, but rather than kill the mood, you go ahead and type that in. Get your half out of the way early. Is this something you can, like, save for potential later matches? You know what? That's a great point. I don't know the feature. I haven't used it, but that is an excellent point, Zelda. Yeah. I think if there's a save feature, yeah. And maybe you have different saved categories, too. You know what I'm saying? You know, the more... Am I feeling option two this evening? Right. The int- well, yeah, I think option one is like the introductory sex where you're just like basic stuff or whatever. And two, you know, whatever. And then maybe three, you know, the platinum level, you know, that's where it all happens, right? Something like that. <clears throat> but, you know, maybe you're feeling like this. You might be into this. Then, this info is encoded in the cloud and stored securely in a cloud-based database, they say. I don't know what you do for threesomes or orgies because it says just hold the two phones up. I don't know if you can hold up three phones and what do you do with the horse? How does the horse consent? I don't know. I don't know how that all works. But for two people, it's obvious. So I see some other failures here. Number one, I don't know if this is a legal binding contract or actually could be. Maybe. But it says the verdict's still out on that. A mood killer, certainly. That's going to be out there. But what if somebody changes their mind after you've already typed it all in? The whole purpose of all of this is you might be able to change your mind. Right? The whole purpose of, of this. I changed my mind on that. So, you know, I agreed to that a minute ago, but not now. So that seems like a failure. 
I would say I may be okay with all of this if there was also a penalty clause. If I went through all of the typing, whatever, and you agree to it, you've got sex. Bing! And then 20 minutes later, you back out on the apple pie, the horse, and the chains. No, got to be a penalty clause in this. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. not offensive if it's true, right? This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Seems like a reasonable request. A penalty clause somehow. Oh, don't, don't most contracts have some sort of penalty? They offer what will happen if you break the contract. Well, damn it, if I'm going to take the time to write, write out a contract about the freaky things that I want to have happen in the next few minutes, I go through all that. That's just making it worse. Got to be a penalty. I'm not saying what the penalty would be. The penalty doesn't have to be sex. It could be sandwiches. But there's going to be a boatload of sandwiches. Sorry. What if uh, the agreement is unsatisfactory? Is there a clause for that in the contract somewhere? A clause for the broken clause? For the actual action. Oh, oh, so if we uh, agree to whatever... Um, I see what you're saying, Zelda. There should be some sort of um, rating scale because that is also pretty broad. You agreed to do all of these things, but you didn't agree to do them to the level uh, that I was agreeing to them, right? First of all, there's length of time, right? There's there's that. And then there's the quality. There's the, uh, the forcefulness of the nature. Um, yeah, that's true. So they agreed, wow, they really got to get detailed in these things. Maybe I wanted two horses and not just one. That's right. We said horse. No, we wanted a deer. Ah, there you go. Okay. Deer is singular and plural. Come on. I meant four of them. You only wanted one. It ruined the whole damn night for me. Penalty clause, go make sandwiches. Right? Something in there. And I don't want to have to be the one to enforce this. What, I'm going to spend my money, billable hours on an attorney? No, I say this company, this you consent, they should offer also uh, offer up during broken contracts that they pay for the attorney's fees or something like this or somehow. I don't know. It could be arbitration. That's fine. Doesn't have to be a full lawsuit, card hearing. I'm, I'm fine with arbitration. I feel like there's going to be a lot of broken contracts. Well... Get your suggestions in with the hashtag what I learned today. Uh, I also got to remind you about uh, Minostalgia Wild Rice. It's at blazewildrice.com. What a great company with really good food. You know, we focus on the healthiness of the wild rice and have for quite a while because it is really that healthy. You're, you're really talking superfoods here. It is. Well, it's naturally gluten and cholesterol free. It is one of the only native grains or the only native grain in North America. And it's grain, but it's more of a seed. So it's not just carbs. It's also not just a protein, but almost a complete protein, a plant-based protein with trace minerals and vitamins in it. It is superfood and it's American. Now we talk about that, but really it's about the taste. I mean, yeah, you got to eat healthy in that. But this is one of those rare instances where you get both. You get something that tastes amazing that is also that healthy for you. And it has a lot of different applications. 
You can use it so many different ways. So try the wild rice at blazewildrice.com. Blazewildrice.com. Order today from really good people. Jay and Lori have had the company for years. And they've struggled. This has been a rough harvest year for the folks in Minnesota because there's been so uh, so much inclement weather. But they've also had some personal struggles in their lives as well. So if you can help them out, I'd really appreciate it. Just uh, place an order today, blazewildrice.com. But if you use the promo code HELP10, they're also going to um, donate 10% of your entire order to the Nazarene Fund with Mercury One. Well, that's also who they are. When they were approached about first advertising in this broadcast, it was one of the selling features was not just that we would do really good for their business, which they do, is that we are ideologically like them. And for all of our jokes and our ups and downs and our satirical nature and our frustrations, we are at the core people around here who really want to do good for people. That's who we are. Um, And that's part of our frustrations. That's who Minostalgia is as well. Jay and Lori and the people who work with them and for them. They're just good people. BlazeWildRice.com. Don't forget the promo code HELP10 when you order the five-pound bag or the eight-pound jug of wild rice, and they'll donate to Mercury One's Nazarene Fund with the promo code HELP10 at BlazeWildRice.com. Also, don't forget to try the, the jellies and the jams and the syrups and all the other great products. I really like the sampler packs for that reason. But try it today, BlazeWildRice.com. All right, joining us now, Zach Bonesteel. Many of you know him on Twitter, Zach Bonesteel. How are you, sir? Doing great. Good morning, Doc. How's it going? Going well. Um, also, somebody, Zach, is somebody who likes to do well and help people. We've had him on the air in the past for some of the things he've done. Uh, he's done because he went down to Puerto Rico a while ago and helped out some of the people um, that were recovering. Puerto Rico's still in bad shape a year later, and you're going back, aren't you? Uh, yep, I'm going for the entire month of January this time. Uh, so I can also teach construction skills to volunteers that don't really know. Um and get a lot more done. Uh, Yabacoa just got power back, so there'll be hot showers this time. It's kind of nice. Yeah, because <laughs> no, I mean it, this whole it's time. Year. Yeah, no, I, most of this time for the last year or so, good portions of the island didn't have power or running water. Yeah, Yabacoa is on the Atlantic side, and it, it, it's where uh, Maria first smashed into as a Cat Five. So, and so everything yeah. second story was just completely ripped off the buildings. It was unbelievable. It's really cool that you were willing to do something like this and give up your time. Um, you uh, you could use some help financially, though, right, to get people to uh, help out in supplies and stuff? Yeah, I have a GoFundMe, and actually this is a really good week for it because there's a gentleman that is matching the funds up to 250000 So anything wow. donated this week and sent down gets doubled. Are we? Uh, I just found that out yesterday. Yeah. Are we at so, liberty to are we at liberty to discuss him or we, does he want to be anonymous? I, I actually don't know his okay. name. I just know that okay. it's happening. Okay, we'll just, okay, <laughs> that's fine. But up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yep. So wow. last night I sent a thousand down, which is what I've raised over what I personally need. Uh, my my needs are covered at this point. A woman, okay. an anonymous woman, donated five thousand dollars to cover my needs of boarding that's my incredible. drugs and everything. That's a, that's amazing. I don't even know her. Uh, <laughs> I've had the actor Titus Welliver and a whole bunch of other people retweeting it. So, I mean, it could have came from anybody. I really don't know. Uh, so at this point, I'm raising money for supplies that they're lacking. Just one example is window uh, operating hinges. Mm-hmm. There are none on the island. They can't get them. What is so what, that's just one what weird that? thing they're lacking that they need. What was uh, that? What was that? Uh, it, it's, it's a certain kind of window latches oh, okay. for the okay, windows gotcha. that they use down there. 
Things okay. like that. Uh, so I'm going to bring an extra bag of supplies and then also send money. But, yeah, at this point, everything I raise is going to go directly to them. Um, that's, uh, do you have other people working Martin with you? I a link you? to my GoFundMe, but you can also search Bone Steel, and then my first name is Zachary, and you should be able to find it. Do you have other people working with you? Uh, there's a whole bunch of us going down. I'm, I'm volunteering with all hands and hearts, but Frank and PA that listens to the show is going down. Uh, Wacky Turbacky that listens to the show is going oh, yeah. down. Yeah, he's at Albuquerque uh, area. Yeah. Yep, one of my employees is coming. Uh, there's about a dozen of us, of the people that I reached out to. So we're, we're kind of having a grand meetup down there all, all at the same time. It would be interesting. Um, like an unofficial fan con while working. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And that's, that's really cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, so the big push is let's get as much money donated to Zach Bonesteel because it's going to the, the cause in general. He's covered. But when you got somebody that's willing to put up $250,000, let us put up as much as we can. Um, and it, it, the, the impact will be much greater. So every dollar you give, the impact is going to be much greater. So if you can give 5 bucks, 10 bucks, oh, that's gargantuan. Yeah. There's still houses with roofs that leak that we're working on. So there's still people where every time it rains, which is every day, uh, it rains in their house. We've made a lot of progress. Uh, it's like a few thousand lives that they've touched personally. Uh, I was trying to get some exact numbers for you ahead of time, and I, I didn't get an email from LB Cook back yet, so I'm sorry. I was hoping to have exact numbers for you, but unfortunately it didn't pan out in time. Um, no, I understand that. That that's fine. Um, we can you most people can do some uh, research as well and just see how bad things are. It's it's still pretty rough. What we have to remember about Puerto Rico um, is that these are Americans. These are not. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, it, we should help the world, anyways. We know that, but I believe you know you start at home, not just because these are people you know. It's not you know the arrogant, dumb right wing American. It's that. When America is strong, we can help more people. It's the drowning man thing. You can jump in to drown, uh, save somebody from drowning, even if you can swim well and they can't. But unless you save them the right way, they're going to drown you. And unless you know how to swim, you're not going to be able to sell them. So we build a strong America while trying to help the world. And the stronger we get, the more we'll be able to do. So you start at home. You help these Americans on the island of Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, I, I had people write all sorts of nasty things to me, like, oh, well, why don't you start with America, start at home. I'm like, this isn't called the Jones Act, maybe you should read it. Right. It's part of it, it makes them American citizens, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, and... and it's just it, the most ignorant garbage you've ever seen in your life I've had posted at me, I don't care, whatever. Right, so let's <laughs> say let's say you're uh, an American citizen living in Kansas or Walla Walla, Washington or someplace. If you move yeah. to Puerto Rico giving up your residency in those states, you as a person in Puerto Rico no longer get to vote in federal election, just like the yeah. people in Puerto Rico. And the people in Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico right, Puerto Rico, if you live in Puerto Rico, you're a Puerto Rican citizen and you move to Florida or New York, wherever, you then get to vote in New York elections. They are American citizens that are, that are um, residents of a territory which limits certain things. That's all it is. If they move to the yeah. States, they can run for president. There's a lot of corruption down there, which is complicated. I'm sure you've seen the picture of the runway covered in water bottles. And Hey, is that going to be anywhere near you, the where reason you I are? Chose, I'm sorry? Is that, is that runway anywhere near where you're going? 
I'm not exactly positive, but okay. if it was, I, I'll be driving a work truck over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See if you can get any pictures anywhere of any stuff like that. I'm just, I, that's really awful. And it's, the reason I chose Puerto Rico is because is right after the hurricane, it was just finger pointing back and forth between both sides. And, you know, it gets so old. I mean, at that point, who cares? People are hurting. Why is everyone pointing fingers? Let's fix this. Forget that garbage for now, you know? Well, in- so that's why I chose Puerto Rico over, mm-hmm. I think Houston was another option, but the, they already had a lot of people there in Houston sure. already working, whereas it just seemed Puerto Rico was just this political nonsense back and forth and just made me sick. Yeah, and it was, uh, I think, Wacky Turbacky one time when I talked to him, and he, um, he said similar things. Uh, not about Puerto Rico, but it, uh, you know, helping out other places. And his thing is, pick up a hammer. That's it. Oh well, yeah. It's like you, you can do if, stuff, and if you can I'm believe in small, pick up a hammer. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, if I'm no. going to believe in small government and things is. like that. Then, as a citizen, I kind of feel like it's my duty to step up and help mm-hmm. if I'm able. Right, and everybody's I'm in certainly a dip- not going to wait for the government to fix it. <laughs> right, exactly, and not everybody's in the same situation. Not everybody can, you know, can uh, stop no. work or whatever. But so, you know, you donate five bucks, you donate twenty bucks, right? That's all. I barely got my wife to tolerate this one because I'm going for a whole month, but the boss lady approved. So. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I negotiations. Understand. <laughs> so, tell you what, Zach, where can people find your uh, GoFundMe page? Uh, if they look up Bone Steel and then, then my first name should pop up, okay. uh, they should f- be able to find it. And I can also, when we get off the phone, I'll send you a link on Twitter. Yeah, do that. Uh, send, send it on Twitter. We'll uh, tweet it out as well and post it on social media so people can find it. Just look it up, Zach Bone Steel, Bone Steel on. Uh, and go- by the way, yeah. without your help last time, I wouldn't have made it there. And I just want to personally thank you very much because between you, your show, and when you filled in for Dana, you raised me over a thousand dollars last time. That's awesome, and that's so I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I, I mean, thank, thank you. Um, I appreciate that, but yeah, it's, I, I didn't do much there. I mean, I, I gave you the platform, but yeah, no, no praise hey, necessary. No thanks. It necessary. made all the difference in the world. That's all I'm saying. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, we'll post that out there and hopefully raise a bunch because now it's not just about you going back or helping. This is about us pouring some serious cash into this to do some real good. All right, buddy. Oh, yeah. Anything that I send by the 29th gets doubled. By the 29th. So we got just, uh, okay, a little over a week. That's awesome. Uh, Get it in today. It's, um, again, look up Zach Bonesteel or I'll post all this stuff and um, hopefully we can do some good for the people of Puerto Rico. Remember, anything noteworthy, uh, send us the info. All right? Uh, Oh, yeah. I'll send you pictures and live streams or whatever you want. Awesome. Yeah. Just anything, like I said, that's, uh, that's noteworthy. You know, maybe we could try to hook up and I could get you to do some, uh, some Facebook lives and stuff on our platforms as well. How's that? I sound? would love to. Yeah. That's uh, really cool. All right. I'll DM me okay. and we'll figure something out. I'll have uh, Mordecai get in touch with you and set it all up for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right, Zach. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate you all you're doing. Take care. Have a great day. You as well. Uh, again, look up Zach bone steel and then we'll put it all out there. That'd be really cool. If we can do some, um, Facebook live stuff or whatever. Uh, it's, it's still, it's, it's amazing to think, uh, you go through Houston and you can still see, you know, effects of, of what they went through. It's still people displaced and whatever, but most of it's come back where you have power and stuff like that. A lot of people have already had their houses fin, you know, replaced or, you know, uh, remodeled and whatever. But Puerto Rico, literally this week, they just finally got everybody's power back up or last week. They just said, okay, everyone's got water. Most people have water. For most of it, six months, most did not. It's horrible. 
Um, there's another angle to this too. Puerto Rico is also kind of in the forefront of some of the things that we discuss because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is of course Puerto Rican. And she just recently talked about Puerto Rico being a colony of America and this colonial feel and She's such a knucklehead. She doesn't understand. They're Americans. And although many people don't know they're Americans, so they're viewed as at best second class Americans, they're minorities and minorities would, of course, be treated differently for years in America. Those things have kind of changed. And Americans help people around the world, but they also help other Americans. So misinformed, sure. But Puerto Rico is on the verge of applying for statehood. I've explained how this works in the past, but the short version is in order to become a state, you have to have 60% of, of the people of a territory, our top level of territory, petition, uh, agree that they want to be a state, and then petition Congress to introduce a bill for statehood. They pass it, and it goes through the you know, um, lawmaking process, and they become a state. It's that simple. We have four territories at the top level of territory that could ask for that 60% you know, vote and apply for statehood. Puerto Rico, Guam, District of Columbia, America, Virgin Islands. And Puerto Rico has steadily over the last 25, 30 years ticked those numbers up. Years ago, 48%, then 52%, then 56%. The last vote they took was a fraction of a percentage, if I remember right, away from 60%. It was like 59.2. It may have been just over a percent, 40, uh, 58.7 you know, or something, but it was really close. And as history is our guide, those numbers will tick up even more, and they will apply for statehood coming up whenever. They will eventually introduce this. Then some of this problem goes away. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a bit of an issue or raises some good points about this idea of territories and the people being treated differently. Not necessarily worse because they have some advantages when it comes to taxes and other things as well. They do get some advantages there. But I think some of the solutions to our immigration issues are more states. That instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to run to America and take from her without giving, which is many what many of the illegals do, or wanting to become an American citizen because you want a better way of life and you're willing to go through the process and join the melting pot, but you have to leave your home and culture behind. Maybe we start saying, fix the place you're at now and apply for statehood. And if we put a focus back on states' rights and states being as they were supposed to be, very different from one another because there are very different peoples with very different issues and concerns and identities and cultures. And we supported the states being little laboratories of democracy. We would be on the right path. Puerto Rico, become a state and get all of the responsibilities and privileges that come with statehood. Places in Mexico, South America uh, that, that have troubles, become a state. I know that probably, wait a minute, Doc, what are you saying? Hold on, there's other issues. You're right. But you don't become a state overnight. And you don't become a state just by, hey, we're voting for it. You have to first become a territory. Join the American idea, the idea of America, and become a state. And slowly work towards statehood. Fix where you're at. And then join the protections of the United States of America. 
TACPAC.com is where you get your TACPAC subscription. It's a monthly subscription-based um, service where they send you a tactical pack every month for the price of $49.95 monthly. Now, you could cancel anytime you want, so you're not on the hook for this stuff. So try it for a month. The value is always between $100 and $150 minimum. Now, this month, I wanted to say it was about 131 I think, value. So you're going to get your, your values worth out of this. But they, when we say tactical, it could be any gun-related um, item or anything else that is a, is of a tactical nature. So it could be a knife. It could be gloves. It could be anything that you would use when it comes to tactical applications. They've done some things that support um, um, some features for like an AR. That was an AR box one month. If you like what's in the pack and you'd already canceled your subscription, you can email them and say, hey, can I buy it? Yeah, if they have any leftover where somebody else canceled, sure, buy it for the same price. They also have some grab bag services as well. But just check it out today and try it for a month. Maybe get it as a gift for somebody for a month. That hard to find guy or gal in your life? Go to TACPAC.com, buy them a subscription for a month or two. I mean, it's, for under $100, you get two months, two huge packs that, remember, the value is going to be two to $300. And maybe they love it so much they stay signed up. They don't, they cancel. TACPAC.com, T-A-C-P-A-C-K.com. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the Morning Blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned Chris Cuomo made an odd choice of Charles Blow to cover Brett Kavanaugh. That seems like an odd choice to me. But maybe not. Maybe it was a great choice. We learned that I'm willing to accept sexual consent contracts, but only with a penalty clause and some sort of rating system. I mean, you're out there dating more. Well, you'd like to be out there. Da- you're like you're to. single. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, that's probably better. Uh, consent clause contracts. You okay with that? Uh, Are you okay with it if there's a penalty clause? Listen, if there's a subscription that I have to pay, uh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know you just put that money in for some other subscription. Yeah. And you don't have to get worried about consent. Man. It's implied. Netflix and chill. We learned from we learned from <laughs> Kirsten Gillibrand that it's wrong when others make up their minds without an investigation, but she can. Mm, okay, yeah. just making sure. And don't forget, we of course learned that hashtag women never lie. Of course not. All right, Zelda, spin of the dials, radio style, Dallas, text morning. What, if anything, did you learn today? Uh, today I learned I will eventually need a consent app to listen to this show. That's, that's you know what, let's work on that. Let's work on that. What, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Uh, or did you have one? No, I didn't. Okay. What, if anything, the listeners learned today? Uh, front pole sleeve tweeted out, hashtag Chris Cruz wedding predictions. Yes. Chris deletes the you consent app from Oh, phone. yes, that's finally gets to delete that. He finally gets to. Because, you know, you don't need consent from your spouse. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> what else? Jackal Jedi tweeted out, when Chris Cruz is away, the bell gets used more often. It does. I know. He's been keeping us bell down, man. He has. Keeping the bell down. Oh, I just realized, though. Um, he did, he wasn't here to keep me on track. I didn't get the new numbers on Procrastination. That's, I knew it. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll just do it Monday. Jeff, you'll be here with us. What else do we have coming up Monday? Uh, coming up Monday, we're going to be talking to an author. Okay. What does Glenn have coming up? Uh, Glenn's going to be talking about some stuff. What's he going to be wearing today? 
uh, tuxedo for Chris Cruz's wedding. Oh, nice. Just the shirt or a full tux? Uh, just the shirt. Okay, good, good. Classy, classy. Gotta Remember, the morning blaze is today. A Chris- Zelda no, production. Six separate Tyrannus. No. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever you are. This oh, there you is go. the morning blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.